This is The Monty Show, the truth in sports talk streaming. When you want unbiased opinions about your favorite team without the spin, all you have to do is find The Monty Show, streaming live and available 24 hours a day, seven days a week on YouTube. And now, here's Monty. Hey, hey, good Wednesday? Already it's Wednesday on The Monty Show, presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. The best injury attorneys in the business every single day. Theadvocates.com, where you never pay a penny to talk to one of the best injury attorneys in the business. If you're riding your bicycle, your motorcycle, it's not your fault you got into that accident. You didn't deserve that accident. You do deserve an advocate. Talk to an attorney live online for free right now at theadvocates.com. A lot to get to today. Uh, Hope you are well where you're at. Please start the show by hitting the like button. There's that little heart button. It's in the comments section now. Click the heart button. Give us the hundo peas. Do it. Let's hook that up. And uh, as many of you know, uh, we are rapidly approaching 50,000 subscribers on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we've picked up 14,000 subs in the last 28 days. We're at 38,353, just 12,000 to go. That would be wild. We have three months, I guess, to get there now. So let's hook it up, hit subscribe, give us a like, and let's talk college football. Because uh, this story uh, from Ross Dellinger uh, at Yahoo Sports talking about the you know this realignment situation and whether or not the Pac-12 in the Mountain West can form a conference or two Uh, to keep the Pac-12 brand alive. And what Ross Dellinger is saying he is being told and what's being floated out there is that there would be eventually 16 teams in two separate eight-school conferences. The Pac-12 would be your essentially your higher level, the Mountain West would be your second tier, Um, and everybody I know, listen. Don't freak out. Hands above the table here there would be relegation. I know there's that word. Everybody wants it. Everybody needs it. Relegation. I want it. American sports needs to be European soccer. Well, in some instances. In this case, I think it makes a lot of sense. We had a long discussion on the show yesterday about how many super conferences are there going to be. I don't think there's any doubt that college football is well-primed to be a, I don't know, a a Petri dish, a testing lab uh, for relegation in American sports. And maybe the Pac-12 in the Mountain West is where that starts. Under the theory being floated, uh, you would have two eight-team conferences and the Mountain West would serve as the lower tier. The Pac-12 would serve as the higher tier. You would have, uh, from what I understand, you would have Washington State and Oregon State being obviously in the Pac-12 with six other universities, you would add an expansion to the Mountain West, two more. Now, Ross Dellinger floated South Dakota and North Dakota. Hey, that's great. They would go into the Mountain West as a lower tier, and you would have the bottom two teams in the Pac-12 relegated to the Mountain West, and you'd have the top two teams in the Mountain West 
promoted to the Pac-12. Jake, can it work, and do you like the idea? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it can work. I, I, I think as far as, you know, liking or not liking this idea, I think the most important part of it is how TV partners view this situation because I think they'll view it uh, in a really good way. I, I think anytime there is... You know, drama, pride, uh, you know, the ability to make more money for your school. Anytime any of that stuff is on the line on a football field, that usually produces pretty good games. And I, so I would think that TV partners would be excited about this situation. But let's say that this were to happen. I, I think if they were able to figure this out, we could see this be run out in into the bigger picture of college football, right? I mean, we had this whole discussion yesterday on the show, Grum, about you know, two super conferences and where college football is going and the haves versus the have-nots. And and so when I saw this Ross Dellinger story, it made me think like, hey, if they can figure out how to make this work and this is, you know, successful even to a small, you know, level, even if it's just a little bit successful, I wonder if college football changes, uh, uh, you know, in the long term. I mean, a decade from now, do we see relegation in the big picture is there a more seamless process that's what i think these kind of conversations lead to for the pac-12 uh, yeah i think you know it, it's a good idea i think that it's probably one of your only paths to keeping the brand alive but i still think we can't forget this point even if they keep the pac-12 alive that doesn't mean that the college football committee is going to continue to give the Pac-12 an auto bid. That still remains to be seen. So let's say they do come up with the relegation model. Let's say everything's set up on their end, but you don't get the auto bid to the college football playoff out of your conference. What then? Because that's the type of thing, that's the type of dysfunction that we see in college football all the time. We see it all the time. So I think this is a bigger conversation than just the Pac-12 and the Mountain West coming up with a new model in college football. Yeah, I, I, I think this is the only way to save the Pac-12 as a conference. I think it's the only way. I don't think there is another solution. I think the only way that the Pac-12 survives is if there is a merger with the Mountain West. It, it, what other avenue is there? Um, because you're not going to, to be able to keep your AQ, your automatic qualifier, into the college football playoff unless you come up with something radical and different. And I know that we have talked about this for what feels like months and years now. What would it take to keep the 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 Pac-12 alive? And and I I think I think the bigger question is can the Pac-12 remain a P5 conference? I don't see any reason it cannot. I think this is absolutely the radical different creative you throw out whatever adjective you want to throw out. This is the thought process. This is the 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 way that you get people's attention. You have to be innovative. And for everything that Kurt Schultz, the president at Washington State, has not been, this is quite innovative. This is quite creative. And I think this is how you force the big, what, the big boys, the power players, the decision makers in college football, this is how you force the college football playoff committees to pay attention to you. And the other thing that this does that I think is so incredibly important, it gives the G5s a significant voice and a significant place in the college football uh, process. Because you look at what the Mountain West represents, there's a lot of representation in the Mountain West in the play, uh, college football playoff committees. 
And I think that's huge. That's what the G5s want. They want representation. They want a voice. They want to be heard. They don't want this to go to two 40-team super conferences and everybody else is just shit out of luck. That's not what the G5s want. And I think this is an avenue to make that happen. The other thing I think is so relevant in this discussion, this clearly can be a model for the rest of college football. If you want, and if you're one of those folks that believes these super conferences are vital and important and the way of the future, if you truly are in that place, relegation and promotion could absolutely be part of that solution. Hey, we're going to have two super conferences that are you know 30 teams each, 40 teams each, but everybody below that can win, you know, can win promotion into the super conferences by winning their conference or there's a model there forward. And it's all now, in my opinion, predicated on whether or not this actually comes to fruition, because I don't think that this is close. I don't think that this is something that is imminent. I think this is part of the equation. I think this is part of the process. We have told you now for six weeks that the the PAC 12 and the Mountain West and call it what you will, the PAC 2, Oregon State and Washington State have had deep, long, meaningful conversations with the Mountain West. We are told those conversations are ongoing, and we are told that they are ready to make a move with the Mountain West once litigation and once all of the the, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, because there's millions and millions and millions of dollars on the line in the pack too. That's the biggest fight here is can Oregon State and Washington State remain in control of the cash assets and the physical assets that are left behind as remnants of the old Pac-12. If that happens, I think this this relegation model that Ross Dellinger at Yahoo Sports is is saying he's hearing about has a real chance to be to become reality. That's the only way this happens because without without the assurance that the Pac-12 can keep an automatic qualifying spot without the assurance that the G5 is going to have control over who plays or have a voice in who plays for the, the national championship of college football, I, I just don't see how this how this can be realistic. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and I totally agree. That that's precisely what the G5s want, and I also think that you know, if you look at this conversation from a geographic perspective, this this relegation model for college football works really nice. I mean, you know, if you had, you know, like uh, the AAC is an example, you know, attached to the ACC, let's say, or however you wanna, however you wanna set it up. Like there are ways that this can be done and and have it work. And and I think it's really as simple as saying to the G5s, hey. Okay, you you want to be in the conversation. You want that opportunity to play at the next level uh, of of talent in college football. Then you got to go ahead and win win your your league or your conference or whatever. Like, yeah. and then you can step up next season to that next that next tier. But is the Pac-12 worth saving? Because I think that's also mm-hmm. that's also a very big question mark. And you know, if you're a regular viewer of the show, we've talked about realignment and the Power Four. You know, yesterday we we did a lot on the instability of the ACC. I think a lot of people thought Cal and Stanford were going to bring calm to the waters in the ACC, and I'm telling you, they have not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I think that that Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson, and Miami are all going to be looking for greener pastures. I don't know that the Pac-12, even in the next decade, 
can regain the spot that it had a year ago. But I think this is the only viable path forward. Yeah. And I, and I'm I'm being careful with my words and I'm trying to be considerate with my words because I I I think this question of is the Pac-12 worth saving? I think there's a lot of people asking that question. Oregon State I think has universal respect across college athletics. I I don't think I can say the same for Washington State. But what Kurt Schultz is proving to you here because our sources have told us that Kurt Schultz is absolutely the one pushing the lawsuit, is absolutely the one pushing for innovation and out in the out out in the sphere that he currently resides in asking for ideas. He is a really good businessman. He is a really good academic administrator. Kurt Schultz's failing has been, especially at Washington State, that he has never been able to administrate Washington State athletics at a high level. And he's not doing that today. Make no mistake about that. They are in significant financial peril in athletics at Washington State. But the one thing that Kurt Schultz is showing us is he's an operator here. And you combine Kurt Schultz, you combine a guy like Scott Barnes, the athletic director at Oregon State, they're not just going to roll over and die. And I think that's what this reporting from Yahoo is telling us, is that the Pac-2 are working very hard to come up with ways, ideas, paths forward to keep the Pac-12 brand and the access to the college football playoff viable. And for that, man, I got to tell you, I give them a lot of credit. It, it, it would have been far easier to roll over and die. Absolutely than to fight the way that Oregon State and Washington State have fought. And and I do think the word, I, I, I don't like to use like the, no, it's a war. This is a fight. Yeah, That's what this is. This is a brawl for the money and the assets, for the brand, for the future of the Pac-12. There is a scrum going on in the Pac-12 for the money and the assets. And right now, I mean, you have to you have to say the Pac-2 is winning over the Pac-10. The 10 exiting members, I don't see that they have a clear path forward to success or Pac victory here. 10. I, I don't. I think they're going to leave a lot of assets and cash behind because I think the Pac-12 is going to make it. Yeah, and I think that, you know, in the situation when all these schools had, you know, gone on to greener pastures, I I, I think they, they, they weren't really in a position to try to, you know, bring – bring that money with them or like or like keep their claim to those assets or like try to kind of have it both ways or like hey we're going to the big 12 or the big 10 but we also want to lay claim to what we were leaving and i think that's what's difficult is like you you have a situation where you know oregon state and washington state uh you know were were basically left for dead and basically put in a position where they didn't have control over getting into a new conference uh and and at the same time, there wasn't a clear path forward for them, you know, to survive. And so independence was brought up, of course, and what are they going to do? And obviously the Mountain West has always been 
that backup plan, but it just kind of feels like we've now graduated from, hey, we're just going to merge with the Mountain West to, hey, we're going to come up with a new system. We're going to come up with something that sort of catches people's attention and kind of, you know, puts some waves into the water a little bit here so people know that we're still here, we're still trying to do things. Yeah. And, and and it is admirable. And, and, I, and I do think that, again, I do think relegation in college athletics can work. I think it's easy it's easiest in football because i think once you start getting into you know let's say basketball or baseball or like these these sports where where there's where it's a more even playing field i think that makes it a little bit more difficult so i don't think that relegation necessarily has to be instituted in those sports but in football the gap is so large between you know the top oh, what 40 point. teams yeah. versus your the pot of like 100 other teams well i think you just look at the 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 ap top 25 this week yeah and i think you you see a very clear uh you know point of of delineation you look i think once you get past usc at number 5 i don't think anybody believes that ohio state um, is the same Ohio State. I I think you 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 have a game this week with Notre Dame at Notre Dame where Ohio State's only favored by three on a fifty five point number. Like that's yeah. that's that's significantly different than what I think we would have seen in years past. And you start looking at Penn State, um, you start looking at at Washington, Notre Dame, Oregon's tenth. Um, I, I mean, is there anybody who believes that that? Georgia, Michigan, Texas. I think is Florida State for real. Like I think they are. USC is I think for real. Below that, I don't know that there's a national championship contender there. I might be able to make a case for LSU, um, but I, I don't think you're looking at Old Miss as a, a national championship contender. I don't think you're looking at Oklahoma, North Carolina, Miami, Prime at 19, Iowa at 24. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think you're looking at at a group of teams here, even these twenty five outside of SC, Florida State, Texas, Michigan, and Georgia, who are legitimate national championship contenders. And it's the argument that the G five makes year in and year out that we can talk about access for Cincinnati, but then Cincinnati gets there and what happens? They get fucking boat race. Yes. Excuse my French. They're not even in the in the contest. Going to Cincinnati. That's the hard part. The the BCS buster that was was Utah. That's so rare anymore. And go back to the Bowl Alliance. It was so rare then. It's even more rare now. There aren't forty teams with access to the national championship. Well, and imagine if the, if if the AP top twenty five instead of being the top twenty five teams currently ranked in college football, imagine if that was the the national championship tournament of college football. How different would the conversation be if it was Georgia versus the twenty fifth team? Well, we'd be sitting here saying that Georgia's got a free pass to the national championship anyway. So, so with all due respect to the G five caliber school, like. That's why I think relegation could be good for you because then at least you have you you have the ability to say, hey, yeah, we did win. We did earn our way here. Like right now, you don't really have a way in. You don't have that thing that like legitimizes you outside but, of you running undefeated seasons out there. And, and I don't mean to keep going deeper and deeper into this, but the question that always comes to my mind is, do we need systematic change in college football? with regard to how the national championship is is decided. The NCAA tournament is a far better model 
Mm -hmm. than the college football playoff. But it's not realistic to have a month-long football tournament. I I just don't think that's realistic in football. The the physicality of it, the – I mean, it, I in a compressed window, like, I just don't think it's realistic. But the, the unspoken truth, and I think the thing that a lot of people don't want to talk about is, do we really want Wachahatchee State Ambulance Repair College having access to the national championship of college football? No. Because we don't watch when that happens. Yeah. Let's be very clear. The NFL, did you guys, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, did you see the number Amazon pulled? 16.6 million people watch week one of the NFL in a meaningless football game. Do you understand the numbers that, like, Deion Sanders broke records this weekend at 9 million. The NFL falls out of bed and gets 16.6 million on Amazon Prime. Like, we're not talking about, we're not talking about wanting small schools. We're not talking about whether it, it, like SMU is probably a really good example of this. Congratulations, SMU. You bought your way into the ACC. That does not mean that you're going to make a ton of money and all of a sudden people are going to watch your games or vote for you in the, the national championship mm-hmm. or to put you into the college football playoff. That's not what that means because I look at Texas. I look at brands like Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame. You know, you go to your, your conference, go to your, your Big Tens, Next year, uh, with all due respect to SMU, Oregon, uh, SC, like every brand in the in the the Big Ten is going to have far more pull than SMU is going to yes. have. We want blue bloods. We like big matchups. That's who we are as football fans, especially in college football. Nobody cares about lower end matchups, and I think that's the unspoken truth. Does relegation change that? Absolutely not. We may be are what is needed in systematic change because as as sports fans, we don't want small school versus small school. We watch Deion Sanders at 2.30 in the morning at 9.3 million viewers this past because it's Coach Prime and Deion Sanders. Yeah. Did anybody watch Colorado last year? Nobody watched Colorado last year, and they weren't on TV last year. Did Colorado even exist last year? No, not really. And and it, it, it almost doesn't matter. And I know that... Listen, the NBA's different, baseball's different, totally get it. We're talking about college football. Yeah. We want blue bloods. Well, we it, want big matchups. Dude, the tournament, the 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 championship of college basketball basically depicted that, right? Everyone's like, oh yeah, we get these smaller schools and everyone has access and it's great. And then what did we get? A dud of a TV audience. And everyone's like, oh, is college basketball regressing? No. College basketball is not regressing. It the problem right? is is that NIL and the transfer portal have changed things. So now San Diego State gets a flash in the pan, and and that's what I think people don't want to admit. And that's okay for that to happen in in basketball. That's cool because the run through the tournament and like you, you can Cinderella story that thing, and it's all good. But unfortunately, Cinderella story does not exist in college football, right? Because Again, we got we got the closest thing I've seen to a Cinderella story in recent times with TCU, right? But but ultimately that team's gone now. Duggan's in the league. Like we're that team's over with, and and that's what I think is hard about college football. You don't get long term, you know, uh, long term success with with any teams unless they're that top dog that can recruit at the highest level. And it sucks, you know, that being being 
in the NBA, covering the NBA for so many years, the San Antonios, the Utahs, the Milwaukee's, you have to take your attention by force. Yeah. And that's what Cincinnati did. That's what, I mean, you look at BYU in the Big 12. BYU's coming out of a decade of independence. You look at BYU in the Big 12. We're going to do Big 12 power rankings here in 30 minutes. And you're looking at BYU being, you know, one of the top five teams in the Big 12 right now. They're taking their attention by force. Yes. That's what small teams have to do. Alabama doesn't have to work nearly as hard. A two-loss Alabama team's getting in over SMU. It's almost End good of story. for college football that Alabama's probably going to be a three-loss team this year. It, what, like, and what were you whining and complaining about in the pre-show meeting today? Oh, Oregon's got these color-changing shoes, those jerks. <laughs> People care about Oregon's uniform. Like, that's true. The, so this whole relegation thing... It's great. Do we need systematic change? Sure. If that's the life you want to live, go for it. Fight that fight, my man. We as fans need systematic change in our brains because we don't watch small school matchups. We want Alabama. We want Georgia. We want Ohio State. I want Notre Dame USC. Give it to me. We are, we're going to watch in mass as Notre Dame beats Ohio State this weekend. Yes. That's yes. The, that, is the, that is the simple truth about it. And, and the unfortunate part for the G5s is it's, like, it's almost like, hey, how do you want to get your ass beat? That's really what we're talking about. How do you want to do get you, your ass? Do you, do you not want to have access? Uh, okay, you do want to have access, right? It's almost like let's roll out a flow chart, right? Okay, flow you, chart. You don't have access, so that means you got to go undefeated and be a national story to probably have any type. Somebody, of somebody call SMU. Hey, uh, hey, all them boys down there, and uh, not in Dallas, but in Dallas County, even though it says Dallas on the front of your jersey. It hey, is what it is. Hey, boy. Real quick question here. I know you raised a hundred million, and I know you're giving away a hundred million. But my only question is, how you won't get that ass beat, boy? I knew today would be shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's that's the truth, awesome, dude. It's that is truth, awesome, bro. Like, like I, I love how this. Like, <laughs> what? I'm just wait. I'm still waiting for Boise State and San Diego State to come out and say we deserve our spot in the top league when this relegation model gets rolled out between the Pac-12 and the Mountain West. Because that's the thing that I think is also going to be drama-filled. Who are the teams out of the Mountain West that are going to be put in the top league? Yeah. Well, certainly San Diego State, certainly Boise State. I would think Wyoming. I would think Fresno State. Fresno State, right? Because like, remember, it's only it's only eight. And if we're and it's really only six. And in the, right, because you're going to have Washington State and Oregon State. Right in the in the Pac-12, so in, in this this model that Ross Dellinger at Yahoo Yahoo Sports is reporting about, that the Pac-12 and the Mountain West are talking about creating a two-tier system mm -hmm. with two different conferences. One of the top tier is the Pac-12. The bottom tier is the Mountain West, and you're going to have Washington State and Oregon State being the first two remaining new whatever the hell we're going to say about whatever the Pac is going to be. So that's two. And if you have 16 teams, you'll have two eight-school conferences. So that's two in the Pac-12. I would think I'm with you, San Diego State three. Boise uh, State. Boise State in that blue turf. Four. I would think Fresno State five. It's got to be Wyoming, dude. Come on. I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, who, who, are the, who, are the, who are the other members? Because... I think it is really interesting that 
You have so many. You have so many, I don't know, is worthy or, I mean, what do you say to somebody like UNLV? Are you going to tell me? relevant enough. Are you going to tell me UNLV doesn't? But what do you say to Utah State? Again, not relevant enough. Air Force? No. I mean, if we just go up and down the list of Pac-12 members. The only only reason I say Wyoming is not because I'm a Wyoming fan. The only reason I say that is because they played that, that, Epic game against Tech and won. They get matchups versus. Yeah, Texas. I don't know, like, man. I don't know. I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to. I'm going to crown their ass. Well, maybe I'm not. Crown Wyoming. I'm not. I. I. I, <laughs> I mean, like, is I can't buy into. I can't buy into Hawaii. No. I. I'm not. I'm not there. But are are you telling me that UNLV doesn't belong? Are you telling me San Jose State, you wouldn't put San Jose State in the Pac-12 just for the market on its own? Just to have the Bay Area representation in the Mountain West or in the Pac-12? or You would have to almost. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's any doubt that, what about Colorado State? Yeah. I mean, if, if we're having the conversation and you're Washington State, Oregon State, San Diego State, certainly. Boise State, certainly. Fresno State, certainly. UNLV, I think, has to be there. I think Colorado State's probably there. I I mean, I I don't know how you say no to San Jose State. I don't know how you say no to San Jose State. Yeah. I know know everybody's going to be like, what? But how do you say no to San Diego State? How do you say no to... Those are all no-brainers. Yeah. How do you say no to San Jose State because of the market that they're in? I don't think you can do that. Yeah. Uh, I Colorado State and UNLV, I think, it is, is a death match. Absolutely. All right. Less of us, more of you. Get into the comments section. Um, are you in favor? Here are some of the things we'd like to hear from you guys on today. Are you in favor of relegation in college athletics? I'm not in favor of it in the NBA. I'm not in favor of it in Major League Baseball. I don't think professional sports in this country has a realistic revenue model for relegation. College football, I think, is one of the only sports in our country that relegation can work in. Are you in favor of it? Um, Do you care if the Pac-12 survives? Because I think that's – I'm at my breaking point on will the Pac-12 survive. I, I, it's going to survive in some way, shape or form. It's just a matter of who's going to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that, yeah, sure. The name, the name image and likeness of the PAC 12 will survive. It's never going to be the same. It, it is never going to be the same. And, and I also think we got to ask the question of, Hey, this proposed top, top tier conference, the, the, the top eight school league that we're talking about in this relegation model is that a power conference? I mean, Boise State, San Diego State, UNLV, Oregon State, what? Like, I, I, I'm not sure that that gets it done as far as the committee is concerned. I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I still think you're at risk of not having access. And and by the way, the big mm. boys are inclined to deny you access. Why? Why, dude? Well, if they don't have to deal with you, why would they? But why did we say that? Think about our conversation yesterday about the ACC and the Big Twelve. TV is going to make that decision. Yeah. 
And I think that ESPN, ABC, NBC, CBS, whoever you want to point to, you know, HBO Max now is talking about getting into live sports. You look at the, the TV landscape. I believe there is a home for, for that. I believe that you're going to have to stream an awful lot of your content. And I, if we're talking Pac-12, I'll just go all the way back to the beginning and say the biggest mistake the Pac-12 made was not getting into bed with Google or Amazon because Amazon Prime is absolutely the place the Pac-12 should have gone. 100%. Thanks. We'll see what how that plays out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we get to your comments, let's remind you: Bucked Up is the official energy drink of the Monty Show. Yeah. Woo! I'm ready for Man, a buck that shot was, that today. Was a heater the first thirty minutes. I am ready for a buck shot today. Relegation always turns it up. Yeah. Relegation always or dude, turns I, it down. For I hurt my. Individuals. I hurt my finger golfing yesterday. Oh, not okay. All right. Like, and I'm trying to open this buck shot, and I had to use like my. Thumb and never mind. We're not going there. Anyway, uh, let's hit a buckshot for you. Ah, uh, yes. Back to the watermelon. Always love that. Um, have you guys found buckshots yet? Buckedup.com. Search for buckshot. It's 200 milligrams of caffeine. It's got a bunch of brain food in it. And it is absolutely one of the best products I've ever used. Um, playing in a golf tournament today. I will have a buck shot at the at the turn. Yep. There's just no question about it because I play better golf after I hit a buck shot. So what it's going to do for you, are you feeling sluggish to start your day? Are you that guy that carb crashes at 1.30 in the afternoon? Yes. Hit a buck shot. Are you the guy that, you know, hey, it's 4 o'clock and I'm really struggling to get this, you know, this pivot table done? Yes. Or I've got a bunch of work. I'm on deadline. I got to write this paper. That's what buck shot's all about. Quality ingredients that make a quality product that does the job it says it's going to do. No jitters, no spikes and crashes, just long-lasting, clean energy for your brain. Buckedup.com. Use the promo code MONTY20 to get 20% off at checkout. Go get your buckshot. It works. It is beautiful. It is lovely. I will also remind you, Bucked Up also now introduced yesterday... Variety packs of their energy drinks, buckedup.com. Do it. Get a variety pack. Mango Tango variety packs are out there. Mango Tango is amazing. Bucked up energy, never full of sugar. There's all those other energy drinks out there that are full of a bunch of crap. Not at buckedup.com, friends. They have zero sugar in their energy drinks. Go hook it up. Buckedup.com. Use a promo code MONTY20 to save 20% off at checkout. The Florida Man. What's up, the Florida man? If you line up the SEC against the American, for example, one conference is going to be clearly better. Well, clearly, and, and I think that's the struggle. Is that this is why I keep saying, okay, uh, again, all jokes aside, how do you want to get your ass beat? Because if you do line it up, you're going to get beat into the ground, dude. Yeah. You want access. You want to line up against Georgia. Good luck. More power. Does it make you feel better that you got to play the game? And, and that's what I think is tough about college football. In basketball, it's a totally different thing. We can go out and we can recruit, right? Because if we're like, uh, imagine SMU in basketball having this collective and all this money and they can go out and pay you and do things yep. and they can go get talent. Okay, SMU versus Georgia is a little bit different of a story on the hardwood versus the football field. That's the difference between basketball and football. And that's why relegation, I guess, is an attractive model to a G5. 
But I don't necessarily think that that we're going to see some difference in in G five success in college football because you're still not better. Yep, Matt Ritson uh, gives us two dollars. How about add Gonzaga, add Pac twelve for basketball? I, I mean, I think it's absolutely possible. I mean, we Gonzaga. know we know Gonzaga and the Big Gonzaga. Twelve had long conversations, and Gonzaga just was not ready to pull the trigger when the the Big Twelve needed him to. I like Gonzaga, and I think the Pac twelve would very much like to add uh, Gonzaga, but Gonzaga, it's not done till it's done. And I think Gonzaga is a brand that, that's out there in the WCC, which is a really good basketball league. Um, but I think Gonzaga owns the WCC. They're not going to go into the Pac-12 and own the Pac-12. They're not. Especially with the way college basketball is working these days, it's more and more difficult to win. Yeah. John Teal for $2. Memphis, Rice, Tulane, North Texas, and the Pac-8. Why? Why do we have to? Guys, 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 guys. <laughs> <laughs> Focus. <laughs> Why does it always? Who the f is that guy? Why does it always have to come to this? God. Oh my God. We better. We better add AAC schools. <laughs> is that Mike Oresco at the door? Like, Here I am. I, the AAC and the Pac-12 had long conversations, and the Pac-12 said no thanks. Pac-10. Re regionally, it makes. Absolutely no sense Seriously. to make less money and travel more. Yeah, And I don't understand this fascination. And at first it was Oregon State fan. AAC, AAC, guys, Mike Oresco's a god. Guys, guys. Mike Oresco's going to save this beaver. I totally get it. But that was never going to work. Yeah, And I said from the beginning, it's not a fit. AC's not fit. You're stupid. You're fat. You don't know college sports, you dumb hick. Okay. Okay. And this is where the, hey, you're old. You're a Mormon. You're going to die soon. I'm not old. I'm not a Mormon. And I'm in perfect health. Sorry to disappoint you. Um, um, that's where all that came in. Like, we had Oregon State fan calling us fat old Mormons. Be okay. If that's how you live your life, sir. It doesn't make the AAC a better fit for fat old Mormon men to die at the age of 50. Sorry to break it to you. It still means the Mountain West is a better fit. God they, bless. The regional, there's less travel expense. They make more money. I know it's crazy. Please stop with the, oh, Memphis. and the, Oh, man. Why does Memphis want to travel to Corvallis multiple, probably five, ten times a year? Texas me. Across all sports. Yeah, they don't. Why would they want to do that? Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Zach Sloter gives us $5. Hey, guys, I'm in Utah. Tri-day trading. Let's, Let's go, go, baby. What did I tell you? Our viewers turning out in numbers at tridaytrading.com. I can only say it so many times. Here's proof. You guys are always like, you're making that up. Here you go. Bro, Zach, you you gotta you gotta take some pictures at the Triday Trading headquarters, bro. You got you, you we, gotta we need do to it. see what it looks like, man. DM me on Instagram, SLCJ. I'm in Utah at the Triday Trading offices. You guys were totally right. By the way, Super Chicks is amazing. Too bad they don't have these in Iowa. <laughs> Super Chicks is amazing, and we've decided that the <laughs> the deluxe at Super Chicks is the way to go. No, it's a um, but anyway, the point is, here you go. Here's another Bacabo. one of our viewers, not Bacabo. Uh, here's another one of our viewers going to TridayTrading.com. Here's another one of our viewers telling you it's amazing. TridayTrading.com. 
Stop complaining about your boss. Stop complaining about going back to the office. Get to Tri-Day Trading. $10 for a 30-day trial membership. That's all it takes. That $10 is a charitable donation. They give it right to charity, so it's a tax write-off. When you graduate the Tri-Day Trading program, they're going to fund a trading account so that you spend their money on your first trades, not your own money. And when you make money with their money, they give you 80% of the profit at TriDayTrading.com. What's the matter? Okay, in our members-only group, Teddy Wayman, you know, the the guy, Tile King of Utah. Yes. Dude, Prize Picks has options for more or less on Call of Duty, yes, apparently. Yes, Dude's got like an 18 pot working here of more or less on 36 and a half map kills. <laughs> what are we doing? I love prize Dude. picks, but I am not wagering that Monty Bro. Cash on, on bros that are playing Call of Duty. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not. I am not here for that. Uh, Zach, thanks for the note. Uh, Mike Smith. Is Tri-Day Trading Office's code for Scientology auditing stations? I sifted through all that. What? No. Uh, Daniel Dixon. Uh, fat people are just big bone. They like food. Yeah, I'm big bone, man. Fat? It's a gland issue. Hello? I'm a man. I don't know what it it's is. It's a gland it's issue. It's a glandular. Hey, bro, I'm not fat. It's a glandular issue. Right, but that glandular issue made you fat. That's not the point. It's That's my glands. That's not what we're about. Yeah. My glands are... Hmm. Okay. Uh, some have roosters too. Okay. Uh, Christopher Shannon, why the F do you care about TV numbers? Do you own a TV network? Why do you care about corporate well-being? Why wouldn't I care? Yeah. So well, you- let me get this right. Because I said earlier that Amazon Prime Sports announced that in total, 16.6 million people tuned into the NFL in week one on Amazon Prime Sports. Massive number. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's really important because what the NFL is proving and showing is that 16.6 million people had a flawless experience and that they can turn out the NFL, the biggest sport in the world, the NFL. They can broadcast that in digital, online and stream without a problem. So the stigma of streaming that we keep hearing about, well, you can't. You can't put the NFL on stream only. It'll crash the servers. My fucking ass. Apparently, it doesn't crash the servers. So when that NBA contract comes up, when that MLB contract comes up, and now a mass amount of professional sports is online only, when ESPN goes direct to consumer, which is going to happen, I think, in the next 12 months. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're going to get the SEC championship game on ESPN. Could that be on stream only? There's a, in the future, there's a pretty good chance it is. Because what's the reality? What's what's the thing that no one wants to talk about with stream? All the old heads in the room want to say, oh, there's no way the servers can handle it. They're going to be broken and not going to work. No, dude, the reality is you don't want to learn how to work your iPhone and get on ESPN+. And the reality is all the youngins in the room already know how to do that. They already pre-ordered the iPhone 15. They're ready to go for for Ohio State, Notre Dame on their cell phone on YouTube TV. Yeah. Man, this is the wave. This is the new thing. I've already got Amazon on my phone, man. I don't have to work hard 
to go find that game. By the way, when I'm running the errand for, you know, the girlfriend that I don't want to run and football's on, I can just pop open an app, have the game on my phone, and we're good to go. I don't miss any of the action. And that's what I think people don't want to admit in the comment section or or just in in life like you have to care about what your what your TV yes, partners you are doing because if you want to roll out a relegation model ESPN or Fox or at a minimum CBS Sports Network the current TV partner of the Mountain West has to buy into that so it matters it absolutely matters well and i think uh andrew streeter makes an interesting point i get oregon state and washington state not wanting to let go of p5 status absolutely uh, but a gimmick between those two entities won't move the needle in the eyes of the playoff committee. So let me ask you this. Is it a gimmick? Or is this model to try and build a relegation system between the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, which is being reported by Ross Dellinger at Yahoo Sports? Is this a gimmick or is this a legitimate business model? I think it's a legitimate business model. I think when you look at what relegation represents in college football, it's things like Colorado College. It's things like, you know, any of the the bottom feeders in you know the the Vandies, the think of the, the Connecticut footballs. Think of the Northwestern football. Any of those irrelevant universities in sports bumping down a tier because they don't win football games. And I know that this is going to please Jake, and I'm sure that he's pleasing himself over it. Right. But winning on the field's going to matter. Finally, winning on the field's going to matter. Yeah. And I think if, if you are San Jose State or UNLV or San Diego State, and you've been beating the drum that you deserve a seat at the table, go win football games. Prove it. Because... Uh, San Diego State, which humiliated itself over the last six months, has this beautiful palace at Snapdragon Stadium in a beautiful region of our country in San Diego, yet nobody goes to San Diego State home games. That's a problem. It's not the best situation, and we all know that. And maybe Brady Hoke doesn't get a free pass for five years. Maybe if you're going to get relegated... And it's going to cost you money. Hmm, maybe we'll actually be serious about getting out and recruiting. Mm. Maybe, maybe we won't cut budget on those, you know, hotel rooms in Los Angeles because we don't want to pay the money to recruit. Well, yeah, but you're going to get relegated and lose TV money. Well, yeah, mm, yeah. Um, maybe we should fly those kids in for a football game at Snapdragon. Maybe you'll take it more seriously. Yeah, and yes. I think that's why it's, I don't believe. I don't believe, Andrew, that it's a gimmick. I don't think it's a gimmick. I think it is a very, very serious deal. I think it is simultaneously the only way to survive but uh, and also uh, the new age. It's finally an idea. I mean, think of it this way. When's the last time we even had an idea that we could table about, mm. hey, what's the direction? Because, you know, obviously it was the BCS. Now we have the college football right. playoff. Like, right. like, we've seen progression, but... The college football playoff wasn't like a radical change. Like, we just sort of massaged the situation to give us a little more control. Well, look at Midnight Musing as a Liberty grad. Dude, think about what Liberty and BYU represented to Liberty last year. Yes. You guys remember that yes, game? Dude. My God. 
Uh, as a Liberty grant, we're lucky to get any attention on the networks. G5 schools don't get what they deserve. They get what they've earned. Man, I think that's but, such but a good point. Facts. That's totally facts, dude. Great point. And I think Liberty's a perfect example. A perfect example of a team that beat BYU as BYU moved on to P5 status. Yeah. And now, you know, they're doing great. They've earned it. BYU's absolutely earned it. But that doesn't mean that Liberty's less deserving. Oh, yeah, it does because a million people don't watch Liberty games and BYU sells out and BYU's got a fan base and BYU draws TV and BYU sells road tickets and G5 teams get what they've earned. I think that is an excellent point. Uh, real quick, Football 50 with breaking NFL news coming up here in 60 seconds. Teddy Wayman, the tile king of, of Utah. Utah. Sup, guys? Sup, dude. The COD call of duty. Entry is from a trusted source. Quote, unquote, trust me, bro. Have a great day, y'all. Here's the thing. Is, is Call of Duty still the GOAT? Yes. They're remastering and re-releasing all the old maps. I'm here for it. Listen, just really quick. I know we got to get to football fit. Listen to some of the names of these players that he's got more or less on. Halzerk, less than 36 and a half map kills. Perfecto, less than 36 and a half map kills. Loxic, less than 36 and a half map kills. Like, Dude, you're. I mean, what 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 are we playing? Are we playing cage match or free for all? Like, what are we working with here? Like, are are we talking about the guy that runs around favela no scoping, or are we talking about the dude no that's, that's you know shotgunning people in the hallway? Like, what are we talking about, dude? Hey, what about the camper, bro? Camping's realistic. <laughs> y- y- listen, listen, asshole. Give me six claymores, I'll camp, and then you can complain about it every time you fall over a claymore and die. Yeah, nice tactical insertion, dude. Hey, dude, did you guys see my helicopter that was up there? I did helo up because you know i listen to my helicopter up there bro like i'm camping out in the corner over here with my claymores and you're just dying (laughs) how many times did you go how many times in your Uh, call of duty life did you die trying to kill a camper and you just could not kill him chilling in the helicopter on crash with like three four claymores in the middle of the map dude this jerk is camping and now he's got a helo up there and you're in your living room playing call of duty and you hear the helicopter and you're actually looking up at your ceiling and it's like dude that this is a code 10 abort yeah that's a video game it's not actually a... <laughs> but you would go to kill the camper and he'd like run to the other corner and then you would either die on his claim or he'd get a or he'd get a headshot on you. You would just You're hear so that fucked. you would hear that ting for the headshot <laughs> that just dropped your ass. Out. Yeah. So frustrating. <laughs> the, yeah, the kill cam rolls out and he's in the other corner and he shoots you and then your body blows up the claymore. <laughs> At least you took out the claymore while he got a headshot. Dude. Andy wins the game, and you never killed him because he left the lobby as soon as the game was over. So the idea that the Tile King of Utah is out here making bread on prize picks through Call of Duty is just incredible to me. Football at 50, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, presented by Prize Picks. In the link below on the show, you guys, Prize Picks, the official daily fantasy partner of the Monty Show. Click the link and get 100% deposit matching up to $100. That means you put in $100, they're going to give you $100 more. It means you put in $50, $25, $10. They're going to double your deposit up to $100. At Prize Picks, you can do it online, but I would tell you, click the link in the description. Use the promo code MONTY to get 100% prize picks deposit matching. 
which is what Kareem Hunt just did. Breaking news in the NFL. Kareem Hunt signs a one-year deal worth $4.4 million with the Cleveland Browns. In the least shocking news of the day. With, right. Dude, that Knicks Chubb, that dude. knee injury with Knicks Chubb was... I hope his career is not over, dude. I, I really hope we see him again. Everybody was asking yesterday why we didn't show the picture. I'm not showing that picture. Why do we need to show it? Oh. You know what happened. He tore three ligaments oh. and dislocated his knee. Like, do you really need to see it? Absolutely brutal. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep the on. worst of the worst. But now Kareem Hunt. Does Kareem Hunt make a difference? I actually think he does. He knows their system. Um, I think he's been there, what, the better part of the last three years? Yeah. Uh, according to Adam Schefter, Kareem Hunt visited with New Orleans and Indianapolis only to go back to Cleveland. One-year deal, $4 million. Um, he's going to have to try and fill the void. Um, it's going to be amazing to see what Cleveland does. Nick Nick's Chubb was dominating. There is there is no doubt about the fact that Nick Chubb was dominating or yeah. it, it, that before the knee injury, Nick Chubb was dominating. I don't think Kareem Hunt replaces that, but with the disappointment that Deshaun Watson's been over the last... However many weeks and months now in Cleveland, I think I think that's the bigger story in Cleveland. Deshaun Watson's a huge disappointment for the Cleveland Browns. I and I don't know that you can come back or rebound from that kind of injury. And I don't certainly think you can do it with with you know washcloth manager quarterback. Yeah, and I think what's difficult is you know Kareem Hunt is a good back. There's no doubt. I, he's not Nick Chubb, but I think that. Kareem Hunt can bring a fresh energy to the room. Uh, you know, he he's more than happy to be physical uh, as a runner, and I think that's what they need at a minimum. They, they could not go out and get a guy to replace Chubb who was more of a finesse back, you know, more of a guy who wanted to make make moves and make... It, you couldn't go out and get a B. John Robinson-type talent to replace Chubb in this offense. You needed a guy like Kareem Hunt who's happy to go in there, drop his helmet on someone, and get to the next play. And, that, and that's why I think they signed him because he's a good fit, you know, to replace uh, what you had at least. Look, but don't let's not write off Jerome Ford, though. Jerome Ford's going to be the starting linebacker in Cleveland, and I think we can't write him off. I think what we saw to Jerome, who, who basically put it in my prize picks keister the other night right. with that touchdown run, like, I think that Jerome Ford is a viable breakout star in the NFL for the Browns. Kareem Hunt was absolutely necessary. You yeah. could not allow Indianapolis or New Orleans to sign him. I also think it's a better location for Kareem Hunt. What running back wants to go to Indianapolis right now? Well, and, and it's funny you bring up Jerome Ford because if you look at the size difference between Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford, the only difference is Nick Chubb's got 20 pounds on him as a back. They're both 5'10". They're both in their mid-20s. They're essentially the same guy. Nick Chubb's just a thicker dude. And that's what I think... That's why I think Jerome Ford can still be a good fit. But again, Kareem Hunt can come in and make an impact. He can come in and be a contributor. And that's why I think you brought him in. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's see. OG Gary says Jerome Ford's going to be their guy. He absolutely is going to be their guy. No doubt about it. Conference Commissioner Gumby says Monty looking thinner today. Pre-game was amazing. Uh, Tanner Plummer, Jake playing this beat at 4 a.m. as he speeds through Zion National Park. You're not wrong. Really? You're not, you're not, you're not wrong. Uh, Elaine Tran. Guys, jump on Kareem already in my fantasy. You should. You should. I think that's a really good pickup. I, he's going to see reps, man. Uh, Cyclone Steve, I didn't know there was a show this morning. Well, did you listen to the show yesterday? Well, you know now. 
you know. Uh, why is everybody talking about your car? Mike Smith, Jake riding dirty at night with neon lights under the car and bass playing this tune trolling for chicks. Right. You know. Um, Kareem can still get it, Spangler says. Spangler, I agree 100%. He's got value to the Brown. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I And I might look like a complete dickwad at the end of the season. Deshaun Watson is not an NFL quarterback. It's cool you can throw five to seven yard dinkers, but dude, you need to be able to drive the ball down the field without throwing it out of bounds. And Deshaun's not shown the ability to do that. But he just doesn't have the command he used to have. And that's what I'm so surprised about. Like, I understand that physically he wasn't the same guy, right? Like, if you said to me, hey, Deshaun's not as fast as he used to be, or maybe the arm's not as strong as it used to be, but mentally, he's still razor sharp, can give me the post game press conference with two fists, talking about the safety. Like, I used to love that out of Deshaun before he turned into the washcloth man. Yeah. And now we don't get that anymore, and that's what I'm very surprised about. Tanner also ripping Jake. Tanner, uh, Jake looks like he could be a camper. Oh, no, let's not get this wrong. If there's a camper on this set, it's me. I am absolutely go get the helo and the nuke by laying down at the top of the stairs and just blowing dudes' heads off. And it's so great listening to guys get pissed on the mic after you do it, too. The new camper! Yeah, you're right. I'm camping. What are you going to do about it? He's a sniper. Jake is absolutely yeah. a sniper. Jake is a guy that runs around like, oh, no scope. Ding! Ding! <laughs> and you're like, you're... Whatever. Whatever. Give me the M4, bro. Ding! Like, just... <laughs> Conference Commissioner Gumby cross map crossbow. Yes. Jake yes. has done that before. When yeah. you could go up in the sky. Dude, I'm the guy that starts the game by throwing a grenade across the map and getting five kills. That's that's my jam right there, dude. It's my jam. Uh speaking of Tanner Plummer and Stupid Eagles fans, did you guys see this mix up with Fanatics? Look at what Fanatics did to Philadelphia Eagles fans. Um Yeah. Anything wrong with this picture? Other than the fact that the, the letters and the numbers are completely crooked. Look at this guy's jersey. Look how crooked that number one is. By the way, um, how much deodorant do you need, boy? And by the way, are you really an Old Spice guy? Okay, what kind of deodorant are we using? There is no Old Spice guy left, well, apparently in Philadelphia. Yeah, or Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm going to guess based on this guy's bathroom sink. I'm going to guess homies of South Jersey, bro. I'm going to guess. Yeah, buddy's wearing a white shirt under the jersey, too. That's never a good sign. Look how crooked that number is, you guys. Look at this poor guy's T-shirt. <laughs> so, unless you're one of those fans... You would not know that the Kelly Green Philadelphia Eagles merchandise is by far the number one selling merchandise in the NFL right now. And and Fanatics says that this jersey, the Kelly Green jersey, is going to be the number one selling jersey of all time. And they don't know why the numbers are all crooked. I'm guessing because the guy who runs your printing press is drunk. So what they've done is they have stopped selling this merchandise and they are rerunning all of it. They have taken full returns and they are gonna issue credit and they are going to replace all the merchandise that was printed crooked. But look how, this is not even close. No, it's not even close, dude. And by the way, the spacing between- And by the, the way. The, the eagle, I guess that's an eagle, more looks like a seagull, but the the spacing between the number and the bird is it's also so bad. off, dude. It's so bad. Like how close can we get here? But but I want to take a second and look at Buddy's vanity here real quick. I just want to give him credit. He's using Sensodyne toothpaste, but did we really need two sticks of deodorant 
on his vanity. I mean, how how smelly is Philly fan right now? I I'm not I am not quite sure as to what Buddy's doing on his bath. Like, what is your bath? Is your bathroom sink this bad? My bathroom sink is actually pristine. I am somebody that keeps a very tidy bathroom sink. Uh-huh. Not that you guys care about this. But apparently South Jersey bro does not keep a tidy bathroom sink. Right. And if you like you if you look at this up close. First well, of all, manual toothbrush guy, come on, be better. Get but an electric toothbrush. Look at the CeraVe. At least he is moisturizing. Yeah. Right? At least he's moisturizing. He's clearly a contact guy. He's got the saline solution. But he's also got chapstick. Like, I really have an appreciation for just how much this bro cares about his skin and lips. Uh-huh. Now, what he does in his free time is up to him. But the other thing that's gnarly, notice the shower in the background and the, the tub in the foreground. Do you not have a shower-tub combination? What kind of Neanderthal are you, sir? <laughs> Excuse me. Like, do you, do you, you can't, okay. I don't mean to judge people, but yeah, how about the Fanatics merchandise just going horribly sideways? Horribly sideways. Yeah, come on. Like, it, it is brutal. Um, that mirror's nasty, too, roundabout, says dude. But do, do you expect anything less than toothpaste blowback all over the... I'm hoping that's... Too, wow, this came out wrong. Anyway, I'm guessing <laughs> that that's... came out wrong for him, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's splash marks from the toothpaste. But I, do, my, I don't know if my mirror is clean or not. I, I'm not, you know... Um, you know, whoa, comment dump. Uh, Lopes fan Gabe. Hey, Gabe, screw you and Spencer yeah. Strider. Yeah, dude. Nice job last night, oh, bro. No way Spencer Strider gets to 10 strikeouts. Quote, to- that's a risk I'm willing to take. Lopes fan Gabe, that's not chapstick money. Buddy got the herp. Oh what? Oh, my God, dude. Stop. Chill. Stop. Stop it. No. Uh, Mr. Downtown for $2. Oh, God. There's two old spicy odorants because his girl uses it. Oh, oh my God. God, dude. Chill. Oh, my God. He don't know clean Gabe bathroom. Gabe is right. Gabe is right. What? That is not normal chapstick. Abreva is cold sore medication. Is that what that is? That's, That's Abreva? That look, look, look. Look at the tube right here. That's a, oh, my. You got it. Oh, my. Are you serious? That's Abreva. Bro, no. So my guy's got face herps? Dude. He is an Eagles fan. I mean. Right there. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. That one's fine. Yep. That's exactly what that is, dude. Look at dude. Gabe with the spot-on reference, dude. Gabe, are you... Are you is yeah, this by a, the way, how did you is, know that, Is Gabe? this I a personal use thing, Gabe, yeah. that you're saying yeah, that... I have, I have questions. This dude's got the herp cream on his... On his... I'm a terrible person. Uh, is Damn, this, Are bro. you telling me that's what that is? That's exactly what that is, dude. Look at that right there. Dude, right there next is. to the toothpaste. Can I just ask, though... Rick, okay. What kind of assholes are we that we're picking on a guy's bathroom sink when he put a picture up? Listen to me. Wait, and wait a minute. Are you telling me, South Jersey fella, that you didn't know that you were going to get dissected on your bathroom sink for this? You couldn't have zoomed in a little more? Right, yeah, really? Come on, dude. You couldn't have squared that up and cropped that a little bit? Come on. Well, he's not an iPhone Pro Max guy either. Look at that crappy iPhone he's rocking. Yeah. 
It's like an iPhone 6. There's so much going on in this picture. <laughs> but, but hey, the positive sign is he's using Sensodyne, which is, you know. Tony, hey, Tone, you should move on from that Axe body spray when you graduate. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Smith, I knew it. This was what. This is why Eagles fans are always so bitter. They have herpes. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> Brutal. Oh, gee, Gary. Oh, that's a poor people's iPhone. Losers, get a Pro Max. Look at all the lenses and stuff. Yeah, what are you, a G5? Come on. I, I am, as a recovering cursor, I just saved myself from saying Yeah, nice it. job, dude. That was. Yeah. I'm, turn the drops back up. I'm, I'm oh, wrong one. I'm Dang recovering. Yeah. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe, but what's with the axe murderer eyes? Dude. Yeah, that's, I, I, yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro, you're not even um, you're not even you wrong. Know. He isn't, but this guy. I almost feel bad for him because we're we are terrible people. I mean, oh, I, I mean, we're just we're we're just you know reviewing the game tape. Like, what's the problem here, dude? I mean, if you look at he does not only does he have a crappy iPhone, but I would agree that he looks very. This is don't look at my mug shot, bro. Like if you if you would just look at his head. And the phone, he does seem to be a little too serious. Mm -hmm. And he, he I'm does seem to be, on your like, ass. he oh does seem like Bro. that. I'm, I mean, and, and by the I would also say, hey, you need to get back to the barber. We got to get freshened yeah, up. Yeah, that's, but he has um, gray in his beard. How old are you that you're um, still rocking um, a Philadelphia Eagles jersey? And is that a Philadelphia Eagles phone case as well? I mean, I'm sure it is. It looks like it. Yeah, you only have two lenses on your iPhone, dude. Come on. Come on. I, that's how I know it's like an iPhone 10 or 9 or 8 or whatever it is. I would just like to point out that, yes, I'm a terrible person for all this criticism. You know. And and I would I will also just curiously mention, hey, how about you get some quartz countertops in that bathroom? Yeah. Call Wayman Brothers Construction. Yeah. You know, like, let's, let's call Wayman Brothers Construction. Let's, you know, let's do that. Yeah. And stuff. All right. The Monty Show, hour number two. Okay, so let, let's review. So, so we talked about pictures of Nick Chubb's former knee. We talked about two sticks of deodorant and serial killer eyes. And we, we talked did. about Teddy Wayman making money on Call of Duty kills. We've had a good first hour. I mean, you know, you know, the Monty show is always is uh, <laughs> Call of Duty kill camper or sniper go. Who has less? Who has less morals? Philadelphia Eagle fan with. Herb cream on his counter or campers? Go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. it is. One of the cool things, not to get way derailed. Yeah. So I just missed a phone call, right? Right. And it's telling me that I'm getting, uh, this person is leaving a voicemail, and I can tap to view it. You Very know. cool. The new, if you haven't downloaded iOS 17, highly recommend Love, we were we were testing some of the new features yesterday. If you try to FaceTime someone and and they don't answer, you can leave them a video voicemail because it's FaceTime. And I love this too. With when someone calls you and you can't answer it, I love to be able to see what they're saying on the voicemail. Because it used to be, and all you iPhoneers know this, in the voicemail tab under the phone app, you it would transcribe the voicemail so you could read it. But now, when someone calls you, it pops up on your phone. Hey, just like it normally does. Hey, someone's trying to call you. But what it does instead, once it sends them the voicemail, it tells you, hey, they're leaving you a voicemail. Here's what they're saying in real time. 
which I think is just brilliant. I think that's the kind of innovation that I love to see love on it. iPhones. Love it. And I am I, I, I think we told you this. As yeah. a as a camper on Call of Duty, I have Sorry, to have I have to have the best technology. Right. So I am getting the uh Apple Watch Ultra with Series Nine with the big chip in it. You gotta get stroked. Delivered on Friday. Uh and then October 9th, <laughs> my brand new roided out iPhone is going to arrive at Casa de Monte. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah, mine says it's coming the 16th. So yeah, because yeah, people, they, they people like at Apple don't like you. Do. The Monty yeah. Show is presented by the Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Uh, hey, things are going to happen in your life, you guys. And I talk about this all the time: being prepared. You know, it's a matter of if, or not if, but when you get into an accident. Things in life happen. You're probably going to get into a fender bender. Heavens to Betsy, you're injured. Heavens to Betsy, your phone is total. Your car is totaled with your phone in it. Make sure that you are ready. If you get into an accident, you got to get to the advocates. You got to get to theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online for free. They're never going to make you reach in your pocket to pay them. You never pay the advocates out of your pocket. In fact, you don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. What does that mean to you, practically speaking? That means that they win a settlement. When they get paid, you get paid, period. So you never have to pay out of pocket. No retainers, no consultation fees. You never pay a penny to talk to an injury expert at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it. On the Monty Show. Uh, boy, what an hour number one of the show. And if you're just tuning in, uh, OG Gary's better than all of us because his iPhone is coming this dude, Friday. Dude, let's go, dude. Let's go. Uh, Ronnie, uh, Rainy, excuse me. Rainy Branson says campers are the worst, Yeah, but Monty. the comp, dude, if you're chilling on backlog camping in that house, you and you know the house I'm talking about. If you're chilling in that house with double claymore set up on the stairs, you're that guy. Or if you're in uh, Rust. Oh, dude. And you're up on the platform and you're just popping dudes. With, <laughs> I'm, Call of Duty is legit one of the best video games in the history of man. Yeah. You've played it. We've played it. Everybody's played it. That and you were absolutely John Bon jo Jovi in in um, rock band. Yes, those yes. two they're undefeated. I'm for real, they're undefeated. Yes, don't deny you've played it. And here's the thing: if you've played Call of Duty, you've been a camper. Yes, don't tell me you haven't because you have. Because here's the bad news for all you snipers out there: you're camping. Just saying. No, Jake. Don't tell them that. No, no, no. You'll erode their self-confidence. The game where you jump out of the airplane. <coughs> Fortnite. Fortnite. If you've played Fortnite, you've been a camper. You're a bush camper and we all Don't know tell it, me dude. you're not. Don't deny it. Don't tell me you're not. Because you are. There is, n there is no doubt about that. Conference Commissioner Gumby, will the new iPhone help you get nukes on Call of Duty? From what I understand, it does. I know, it does. Reset. James L., um, I've been reading voicemails on Android since like 2014. It's not that you've been reading voicemails on Android, you can read them as the person is leaving it. Yeah. And you, you, it tells you, Jimmy's leaving you a voicemail. Tap to view. And as they're speaking, it's... It's it's transcribing it. Right on your what phone screen. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Provo Cougar fan, you just alerted those porch pirates. Hey, man. Porch pirates? <clears throat> Campers or porch pirates? Who's worse? Go. <laughs> like, Seriously. Campers are worse. Uh, I know, right? LOL, James. Um, but you guys, I, this, this is, is much like Coach Prime. Yeah. 
if you, if you like Coach Prime, you're all in. If you hate Coach Prime, you hate iPhones too. It's funny how Buddy with the 2014 Android still is always complaining about his battery dying or, you know, Google Maps led him the wrong way or, you know, they don't have great service because the antenna in their phone isn't as good as the iPhones. Like, you know, there's always some sort of issue with that piece of garbage in your hand known as an Android. And yes. all I'm here to say is, dude, if you hate iPhone, that's fine. That's fine. That's your that's your problem. Eventually, you, just like the G5s, you're going to wake up and realize you got to do something different. And doing something different is coming to Team Apple at some point. Mr. Downtown, these two Old Spice deodorants because his girl uses it, yes. Matt Ritson, try not, try not use black flashlight dirty bathroom. Oh, my God. Can you imagine doing like one of those UV lights on this guy's bathroom sink? <coughs> Look at that thing. <coughs> nah, bro. Nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. There, there's no change. You guys love this guy's bathroom yeah, scene. Yeah, dude. Uh, Eric C., a morning show. Don't tell me Driftwood's going to be here for this one. <laughs> Eric C., <laughs> my guy in San Diego. <laughs> Good to see you, hey, Eric, Eric C. Eric C., have you, been to, have you been to Snapdragon for San Diego State game? Oh, he game? has. He has. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand because not a lot of people have been going, they say. No, no, the pictures do not lie. Uh, Aaron Wilson, what's up, my guy? $2. You, get, you boys play Rust. I love oh, Rust. Oh, yes. If you can get up to the platform. And if you know all the shortcuts to the platform, dude. And you have a 50 cal on your back, we're good to go. You're good to go. You got to be strapped twice, though. You got to have a, you got to have an assault rifle, and you got to have a sniper yeah, rifle. You got to be back. rocking overkill, dude. You overkill. Have to have that's it. it. Have Thank to have you. it. Thank you. Absolutely right. Uh, iPhone uh, lovers love Prime. They do. Yep. Roundabout. Oh man, I hate Prime, but I'm opening. I'm open to a new iPhone. So wow. Whoa. Did you feel that? That. Dude, that was bro. That was like a shift in the force. No, bro. oh no, that was the vernal equinox. Oh, uh, <laughs> hey Tone, high-end Android phones always have better battery power than iPhones. Please. Not anymore. Please. Category-leading battery life in the iPhone and in the i and the new Apple Watch. Uh, J.K. Marshall, nobody with an Android is complaining here. Come on, Jake. Yeah. Okay. Are Android the guys that always feel inferior? Yes, I think so. And it's, a. it's my wife hates our hates iPhones. She was a note person all day long. And I'm feeling it. I'm, I wish she was feeling it. Mike Smith, never had any of those problems with my Android. Uh-huh, right. Finally, Apple went to USB-C. Look at all the haters. Look at all the haters. Um, valid, camp between, valid comp between campers and snipers. Absolutely, yeah, Rainy. I, I mean, if you're sniping, and I'm definitely a sniper, are you not camping? I'm just saying. AAR, what the heck? More golf? Hey, client, clients call, dude. Hey, we, dude. We are higher guns on the golf course. I, I legitimately hurt my finger golfing yesterday. Yeah. Warming up, I hit a, a rope with a forward. Now, today, and correct me if I'm wrong, but today's the first time we're actually going to get to play as a team on the golf course. Me and you? Yeah. 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 And you're still a better golfer than I am, so we'll see if I can catch you. Mm-hmm. Uh, iPhone also had voicemail transcripts in 2014. This is different because it's in real time on the home screen. Yes, it yeah. is. Giggity, what's up, my guy, Giggity? Uh, you know what else Android users hate? A monthly payment on an updated phone because they increased the screen size by two millimeters. Right. No, I'm not doing it. Giggity, I'm not playing your two oh. millimeter game. I'm not doing it. Yeah, Giggity's a two millimeter guy. He's, he's familiar with that. I've heard that about you. Yeah. Uh, Harry Austin. Jake got lost using Google Maps, it seems. That's a Jake issue. That motherfucker don't miss, man. I am an Apple Maps guy all day, dude. Jake, hey, it, it, 
how do I say this? Do not ask Jake to be your navigator. He's terrible at it. What are you talking about, dude? I am a good navigator. You always know where to turn like five miles ahead of time, and it's not my fault you fall asleep doing 80 in the fast lane on the freeway. Uh, Tanner Plummer, our campers team lean? Uh, I would guess. I mean, they're okay. camping. J.K. Marshall, Apple equals the emperor's clothing. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. I will say that I tend to, I'm the guy that like, I know I have to get off at Main Street. I'll be in the third lane just daydreaming, and I'll be like, all right, Main Street. All right, see you later. And Jake will be like, there will be like 200 feet before I have to get off the freeway, and he'll be like, hey, man, you should probably get over. Couldn't tell me that a mile ago. Uh, roundabout, uh, I am a current Android user, but I'm leaning hard into the new iPhone. You Thank should. Thank you. You should. Go ahead and try me then. You should. Campers are team squat. Thank you, Gumby. Yes, we are. Uh, I have no shame in being a camper. I'm not. I, my mind does not the work the way the these. Yeah, these thirty-year-old ting, 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 ting. That's not me, dude. I want my claymores and I want my shotgun. <laughs> and it works. And those those high capacity ones in Call of Duty. I'm getting a I'm getting a jet and a helo. Uh, I can't wait for my iPhone 15 Pro Max to get here. The new iPhone is a game changer with USB-C yes, and the dude. new camera and yes, the new chip. Yes, yes, yes. iPhone, iPhone. Uh, let's see, Aaron Wilson. Okay, okay. There is a video game FPS survival called Rust. Oh, is there really? That's a map on Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah um, I play that. I have three k hour, three thousand hours in Rust. I got excited. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry, dude. We weren't talking about that game. Whew. My bad. All right. I say we I say we we get back to sports talk on the Monty show. Hey, Monty. Good, 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 good. I'm like fired up. Great job. I appreciate you guys. Uh, you're like, oh. Let's go. Yeah, dude. Bring the heat in the morning. You know what I love about this show? Number one, the fact that you guys give us a thumbs up and hit the like button that you subscribe. We are rapidly approaching 40,000 subs. Trying to get to 40, 40 and then 50,000 by the end of the calendar year. Well within reach if we keep this pace. Tell a friend. Let them know they need to subscribe to The Monty Show. Hit like. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, appreciate that. Um, and I want to remind you that the official golf course of The Monty Show is Canyons Golf in Park City. $60 with a Utah ID for a round at a luxury resort-style golf course. Dude, you cannot beat it. We are up there. We're going golfing with our guy Dylan this weekend. Mm -hmm. We love to golf with our listeners. You guys want to play golf with us? Hit us up on the DM. So let's get out and play around. Uh, at Canyons Golf in Park City, you play there one time, and trust me, you will never want to play anywhere else. Resort-style golf, the best fairways, the, the elevated tee boxes, the greens are challenging, the carts are GPS. It's amazing. Canyons Golf, the official golf, uh, golf club of the Monty Show. And it is time for Big 12 Power Rankings. And one of the things I think is so shocking about this football season has been the struggles of the Big 12. And I know we've talked about this a lot through the first month of the season. But Texas really is the only team in the Big 12 living up to where we thought they would be to start the season. Perhaps the biggest shocker in the Big 12 is that BYU win in Arkansas. Had Max Tooley on the show yesterday. If you missed it on the uh, on the show, go back uh, on the channel. You'll see it in the live show from yesterday. Max was fantastic. And one of the things he talked about is the different culture on defense. And I think that's why I have BYU as the second best team in the Big 12 right now. And 
I think one of the biggest surprises in the Big 12 is, in fact, BYU football. And I don't think it's accidental. I think they've just outplayed, even when they had struggles early in the season on offense, that defense has been stellar, and they've outplayed their opponents defensively. Jake, has BYU football earned the number two spot in the power rankings? Yeah, I mean, I think certainly in the Big 12 they have. I mean, uh, you know, you you pull up the power or you pull up the standings on ESPN and you look at where some of these teams are at. I mean, obviously, you know, BYU isn't the only 3-0 and team in the Big 12. But, but what I do think is really fascinating is when you compare, you know, like Texas's 3-0 versus BYU's 3-0, like, Obviously, Texas is a much better team than BYU. And I think that, you know, Texas is the best team in the Big 12. But if we put them aside and understand that they're kind of in a different cut in this league, and we start looking at like TCU versus BYU or BYU versus Kansas or like, you know, comparing BYU to some of these other teams, I mean, I, I, I'm in agreement that BYU currently, with the way they're playing football after beating Arkansas, is in this group of TCU, Kansas, you know. You, you look at, uh, I don't know, K-State certainly. You know, like obviously K-State's had a couple of question marks here, but I think overall we know they're one of the better teams in the league. So, yeah, right now, yeah, I think you have to put BYU in certainly in the top half of the Big 12, and I, and I think you can make a case that they're top three with Texas being number one. So, again, they got to keep winning. They got to show us that they have that consistency. Again, as we mentioned on the show yesterday, if you can come out and beat Kansas this week, I think that would do wonders for your season, especially considering your schedule and what you're going to face and when you play Texas this year. Like, You can easily become bowl eligible if you win this game because the way the schedule projects out, you're going to have losses through the middle, but you will finish strong. Uh, and, and I just think that BYU can be in a strong position to end their first year in the Big 12. But what does that require? That requires you to not be fat and happy on the Arkansas win. That's right. That requires you to stay disciplined and continue to improve and continue to get better and understand that, you know, uh, you know, 180 yards out of Keaton this week is probably not going to be enough when you're playing Kansas. And the wild thing is, is the anticipation of the Kansas-BYU game, and remember that's in Lawrence. It's a huge game. Yeah. Sold out. Jalen Daniels is a stud. He's probably the best quarterback in the country that nobody knows about. I think this is a huge game for the Big 12 because whoever wins this game clearly has a step on everybody else. And I look at some of the other storylines in this league, and I I don't think it's harsh to say it's been a down year for the Big 12. And I was all in on Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. I thought they were absolutely going to wreck them. And it's been a disappointment. I think Tyler Shuck has gotten exposed a little bit here. I think Joey McGuire had a, not a free pass, but there was a lot of Joey love. Yeah. Now you got to go win big football games. I think Texas has lived up to the hype, beating Alabama, massive, massive, massive win. But who else in this conference is going to step up and, and lift the league? I have to believe that TCU and Sonny Dykes are going to show us that we have not seen their best I, I will again say TCU is an October-November football team. Mm-hmm. I have to believe Texas Tech bounces back. The one team that I don't believe can bounce back is Baylor. And I hope I'm wrong, but I do believe we are seeing the last days of Dave Aranda in, in Waco. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing there. 
There's no it factor for Baylor right now in the Big 12. And I think that's a huge problem for the Big 12 because I think the Big 12 needs Baylor to be good. But if I go up and down and I, I look at I, – I don't think there's any question Texas is number one. Yeah. I don't think there's any question that BYU is number two. But isn't Oklahoma number three right now? With the way that Oklahoma has played and what's left in front of Oklahoma, and I, I look at their schedule and – I understand SMU, Tulsa, Arkansas State are not world beaters. Yeah. But they have an opportunity with their schedule to really win some impactful games. They had better pound Cincinnati this weekend. Yeah. I think that's huge. But I think if BYU beats Kansas, you're not dropping BYU out of number two. No. And if BYU loses to Kansas – doesn't Kansas leapfrog Oklahoma and become the number two team in the league? Yes. I, I think that much is on the line in Lawrence this weekend. I think this is such a big game for both BYU and Kansas. This is a game that potentially puts Jalen Daniels on the map because I just think he's such an unknown quantity nationally. I think everybody in the league in the Big 12 knows who Jalen Daniels is. I don't think nationally he's gotten that run and I don't believe he's gotten the credit he has earned at Kansas. I think that much is riding on this game. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of that in college football right now. A lot of a lot of hey, we know who you are, like we or we've heard of you, but we don't know who you are exactly. Like you can say that about Colorado, you can say that about Kansas, you can say that about Texas, you can say that about Bama, you can say that about Ohio State, you can say that about Notre Dame, right? Like there are a lot of these schools right now. Uh, in the Big 12 and outside of the Big 12 that have question marks on them. And, and yeah, I do think that, again, right now, BYU is in a great spot right now because we're not talking about them being 0-3 heading to Kansas. We're not talking That's about right. that. We're talking about them being 3-0, and uh, having breathing room to lose a game here, but knowing, hey, if we can win this game and if we play well and we do what we need mm. to do and we're 4-0 and we've proven we can beat Big 12 teams... Like, that's a huge deal. Like, all the people last year, like, I didn't forget, like, and I hope you guys haven't forgotten all the things that people said about Kalani last year. Like, hey, is Kalani on the hot seat? When's he going to fire this dude? When's he going to fire that yeah. dude? Like, what are we doing with the defense? Like, you know, is it time for Roderick to get out of here on the offense? Like, what are we doing? All those criticisms and complaints. And yet, what has Kalani done? Well, Kalani's just done what Kalani does, which is come into the league and overachieve. And I'm not saying he's going to win the league. I'm not saying they're going 10-0 and 0 or some kind of special season. But, dude, if they find a way to, like, seven wins, let's say, dude, that I mean, that is way overachieving expectations. And and and, and if you do more than that, I mean, I, I, I just don't know how you complain about this program. But right now, yeah, they are the second-best team in the league. And, yeah. It is Texas and everybody else. And, yeah, Oklahoma's having a nice start to the year. But can Oklahoma be 5-0 and heading to Texas? Because mm. that's what you're going to need to be if you want to compete for the league. Because I just don't think Texas is going to lose in conference play this year. Yep. Mike Smith says BYU is doing well this year because they're doing interviews on the Monty Show. Facts. Yeah, dude, it's karma. Hey, man, we ask everybody to come on the show. And 
Not I mean, I, I know we're the show that roasts people and, you know, throws people under the Two bus. Two hacks and on YouTube. Yeah, dude, we're the hacks on YouTube and, you know, still waiting, uh, still waiting for, you know, to get some interviews out of, uh, you know, that school up on the hill here in Salt Lake. Still waiting for them to provide us still some people. Still But, uh, you know, we can get BYU. You know, we're working on, we're working on some coaches in the Big 12 potentially next week. Like, we got some things cooking. So, you know. we'll see. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, hey, Isaac Rex, best tight end in the Big 12. Guest on the Monty Just saying. Show. You know. Just saying. Uh, Mike Smith, don't worry, guys. My West Virginia Mountaineers will lead the way. Wait, forgot. We still got Neil Brown. Lower his head <laughs> in the field. <laughs> Good old Neil, right? Um, let's see. Rainey says Baylor is cooked. Well, look at the schedule this week, you guys. Look how much movement's going to happen in the Big 12 this week. Oklahoma's going to roll Cincy. I think TCU's going to beat SMU. Mm-hmm. I'm really leaning BYU at, at Kansas. I mean, obviously, we'll have locks on these games Friday. Look at Texas Tech at West Virginia. How big is this game? Is there anybody here who's completely confident Tyler Shuck goes on the road and wins a game? Yeah, they should beat West Virginia. And how healthy is Tyler Shuck, by the way? Because I think that's a huge question. Yeah. I mean, this is not UCF who rolled out Timmy McLean. Now, granted, it was the Julia Child School of Bread Baking otherwise known as Villanova, um, that they played. But, I mean, Timmy McClain looked pretty good for UCF, mm-hmm. dude. Right? So, I don't. we'll see. Oklahoma State at Iowa State, Gundy. I know we got torched in the comments yesterday talking about Mike Gundy, his viability at Oklahoma State. But, but I think, you know, again, I think Baylor, as far as the Big 12 is concerned right now, Baylor's that one program that I feel like is in probably the worst spot in the league. West Virginia, I don't feel like had a ton of expectations coming into the season. Uh, you know, you 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 just need to play this season. Like I no, like I just don't think that there's a ton of ton of heat in the West Virginia program right now. But like Baylor had expectations. Oh, Neil, Neil's out after the year. I don't see how he's not. Well, right. I guess I don't know, dude. I, yeah, sure. Look at the coaches in this league on the hot seat, you guys. And please feel free in the comments section. I think I I honestly think Brett Venables has probably saved himself. His seat is not hot at all. Um, I look at. I look at Joey McGuire's not on the hot seat, but the disappointment is massive in Lubbock. Yeah. He's not getting fired. Mike Gundy is on the hot seat. I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. Um, Dana Holgerson at Houston. How is he not? Certainly. Right. You look at Dave Aranda at Baylor. How is he not? Like, I I, I don't know. We're going to see significant turnover in this league. And I think... It, it like K State if Will Howard can't play this week because there I, I don't know how many people saw that out of nowhere. Will Howard showed up on the injury report. <coughs> uh oh. If Will Howard doesn't play for K State this week, you tell That's me that, Tell me you're not worried about UCF because again I want to see Timmy McLean do it in a big game yeah. against a a, a non culinary institution. I want to see UCF at K-State on FS1 this weekend's massive. That is a huge game, and it's in Manhattan. So that's not a gimme. It's not a gimme at all. Texas at Baylor, I think, can Baylor put up a fight against Texas? No. You don't think at all? No. Baylor will get boat raced, in my opinion. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't, because the problem is, is I don't think that team's got a lot to fight for. I don't. I don't think they believe anymore. I don't think that they're invested in it anymore. I think they're just rolling out there, you know, doing their job. 
but they don't have that passion, that belief, because they know Dave is on the hot seat because they know they're not good this year. I don't see any way. I don't know that I would say boat race. What's boat race? 42 to 10? Yeah, I, I would say... 56 to 21? I mean, you're, you're, you're going to Waco, so... What, isn't, the number on that game, isn't the number on that game 21? Uh, uh, let me see. I think it's a 21-point number. Um, it is, no, it's down to 15 now. 51 and a half, 15 and minus 15 for Texas. Yeah. I don't see him getting boat raced. I could see 35, 21. Yeah. But I don't think it's a one score game. Is Texas's defense better than Utah's defense? Oh, that's Lander Barton is just kicking ass. Cole Bishop's remarkable. Okay. Generally speaking, how about we agree that they're pretty, they're at least equal. Right? I mean, can we say that they're equal? I think Texas has better athletes in 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 mass. Texas has a like again, Jade Barron is the best corner in the country, or best DB in the country. They play him in, in an amazing array of yeah. formations. Yeah. Is Jade Barron the best secondary player at, at Utah? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Does that mean that Cole Bishop sucks? No. No, I, but, but I think the depth at Texas, to your point, the depth at Texas is better than Utah. Yeah, well, all I'm trying to say, I, I, all I'm trying to say, is, the only reason I asked that is because Utah held Baylor 13 points, right? Well, so, that's a great point. Yeah. So, so if Texas's defense, because I think Texas's defense is at, at a minimum, just generally speaking, you can do a whole show on whose defense is better, but generally speaking, their two defenses are pretty similar in capability, Texas and Utah. Yes. So if Texas can even hold Baylor to let's let's call it 21 points. How about that? Let's say they hold them to 21 points. I think it'll be less than that, but 21 points. Texas is going to run away with this game. This is going to be a 10-point win, no problem. I think I certainly think it's a 10-point win. But I would also remind you that teams fall out of bed and score 21 points in college football. I mean, Texas gave up what 24 to Alabama with Jalen Milrow at quarterback. I mean, I think I think Texas puts up 35. I could see 35-21. I what can't believe me, any Dave Aranda team is going to roll over. What scares me, and again, it's week one, I know, the Texas State game. Hear me out. Well, 42 to Texas State. If, that, if this same team hmm. is capable of giving a 42 to Texas State, what are they capable well, of doing against Texas? But, and, and that's my concern. Look, Jake, I, I think... Capable, that's a word. Is Texas capable of giving putting up 56 on Baylor? Yes. But I think that's a realistic thing. Is here. Texas capable of holding Baylor to 10 points? Absolutely. Will they? It's it, it the problem is it's at McLean and Waco. So I would lean towards Baylor playing better because of the home cooking. Now I'm not telling you, I don't believe there's any way, shape, or form Baylor wins the game. I just don't see yeah. that. Yeah. But could I see a Colorado-Colorado State matchup? No. Texas is going to win this game convincingly. Is it going to be 35 points for Texas or 56? Yeah. Let's find out how much Dave Aranda still has the locker room. Yeah. And I think we'll find out. Uh, OG Gary, Texas may be slightly better. I would agree with that. Um, Mike Smith, is Texas capable of pulling a Texas and shitting the bed? Yes. Yes, they are. I just don't think being Steve in Sarkeesian. Waco, I, I don't think that – Dude, you go to Alabama and you win a game like that, I have all the belief in the world you can go into Waco and dominate this team. I, I just have no doubt. I have no doubt. Because now the message in the locker room is, hey, 
We just beat one of the best teams in college football by most people's measuring stick. We can go to Waco and handle this team. Like, they believe. And, and, and that's what I think is is hard to replicate. You're talking about you're talking about an in-state rivalry. You're talking about two two programs with a lot to play for. Obviously Texas with a national championship aspiration. Baylor's just trying to survive here. Baylor's just trying to get on with it and they know that if they could find a way to squeeze out a win versus Texas that'd be huge for their season. I'm just simply saying that Texas is better in every area. And I would expect Texas to, as you say, roll out of bed and drop 35 in this game. But look at Rainey Branson. Texas didn't blow out Wyoming. Well, 31 to 10, and now that was a fourth quarter game. But is that is Rainey more correct or is Tanner more correct at 51 to 14? I think you're leaning towards Tanner's way of thinking. Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds to me this morning like Tanner's bucked up. The official energy provider of the Monty Show is Bucked Up Energy. Make sure you get to buckedup.com. Use the promo code Monty20 at checkout. I, I, I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to have woken up this morning and not be sore. Because I have busted my ass the last five days working out. What do you bitch? And I thought I was going to be ridiculously sore. I did a really heavy back workout the other day. I had some soreness yesterday, but whey protein isolate, creatine, BCAs, buckshot, collagen peptides, all those things that I use in my recovery from Bucked Up, I think they work exactly as they say. And that's what I always tell you about Bucked Up, quality ingredients that make quality products that do exactly what they tell you they're going to do. And there's not a better one than Buckshot. And look at all the energy we have. Yes. Thank you, Buckshot. Get the variety pack that includes Mango Tango. Mrs. Monty's favorite flavor, Mango Tango. Mm -hmm. It's available in a variety pack for energy drink. And again, I always tell you about the uh, Bucked Up Energy Drink. I love the fact my favorite's Miami or Cherry Candy. But right on the top, what does it say? Zero sugar right there on top of the can. Because they're not filling their energy drinks with a bunch of crap that you know is bad for you and... Everything that Bucked Up does is designed to make your life better and to help you thrive in life. That's why I support Bucked Up, buckedup.com, the official energy provider of the Monty program. Talking about uh, Big 12 power rankings, Clinton, whoa, huge comment, Tom. Where did Clinton Moses go? Clinton, what's up, Clint? Baylor, lucky to play Long Island to get into the wing column. Agreed. Yeah, I, I, it, it's bad. It's bad. I, and as far as the Wyoming comment earlier, uh, you handled Wyoming 31 to 10. I, I mean, what is their really? But it was a fourth quarter game. Yeah. Look at when those points were scored. And again, you guys, I'll tell you, Wyo puts up a hell of a fight. Ask Texas Tech about their trip to Laramie. Texas is better than Wyoming. But what this tells me, and on the streets, fourth quarter game, but, but, 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter. That tells me, because Texas goes field goal in the first, touchdown in the second, nothing in the third, 21 in the fourth. Hey, we need to go ahead and turn this thing up when we need to. And who started that mess for Wyoming? Jade Barron with an interception. So, and, and a pretty, uh, another big play on top of that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, dude. I, I, I I'm sure it'll be a good game, but, but, I don't expect this to be any type of close. Baylor's never in danger of winning this game, in my opinion. Clint would like to correct me and say it's not Clinton, it's just Clint. I'm an idiot. I agree. 
Uh, comment dump equals fart noise, Lee Jensen says. It does on most days. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Butler, cherry candy or breezy blast are my go-to. Cherry candy, you guys. Fire. It is so good. The new flavors are bucked up. And not because they, they are a partner on the show or bucked up energy. Get it at Walmart. If if you don't walk into your local convenience store nationally, wherever you're listening to the show, Florida, Texas, New York, Chicago, Philly, our big markets on the show now. LA, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland. If you don't find Bucked Up in your store, get to buckedup.com, get the variety pack, or get to walmart.com. You can order. You can also order 12 packs of energy drink in any flavor you want at buckedup.com. Trust me when I tell you it is game-changing. You will thank me. Buckedup.com. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY20 to save 20% off your purchase. Mike Smith, those late-game points surge are the depth issue the smaller teams suffer versus the bigger schools. Absolutely. Who's the worst team in the Big 12 right now? If I had to say the absolute Damn. worst team. Um, that's tough, I, bro. I think, well, isn't it? Isn't it Houston? I, I think. Houston or Okie State? No, I mean, I, I, I'm not ready to go that far with Okie State. I, I agree there's a lot they of questions. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah, but, but, it, but if those two matched up, you're taking Okie State all day, right? I mean, or, I would or am think, I just way off on that? I would think, but... How do you lose to South Alabama? I was corrected in the comments section last night. Okay, hold on. Uh, Let's see. Uh, see. How do you lose to Southern Alabama? Oh, it's Southern, not South. Not South. Excuse me. Right, Alabama, right? I don't follow all the technical trade schools across the country. That's the untrained eye. My bad. Yeah, how do you not follow (laughs) Southern Alabama? Come on. I think it's... I mean, Iowa State, that that Iowa State's got to be in the conversation. Yeah, you can't I mean, Baylor's got to be in the conversation. You, you can't have this conversation based on record. I, I, I think that, that, yeah, sure, record is, is what we all like to do. But if we're talking about substance and where the program's at, yeah, Houston's the worst team in the Big 12. There's no doubt. But, but Iowa State's offense is terrible. Yeah. It's not bad. It's, and it's Chuck. It's terrible. It's really bad. But Cincinnati's not there. I mean, Baylor's not the worst team. I think Oklahoma State's in the conversation. And again, I know that everybody says, check the comments section, you guys hate Okie State. Go Pokes. I don't hate Oklahoma State. I'm a man. They're incredibly disappointing. Mike Gundy is incredibly disappointing. And kick a person when he's down. But am I wrong? Isn't Oklahoma State in the conversation of the worst team in the Big 12? Yes. So get your facts straight. I think so. Yeah, they are. Uh, Mike Smith, the war of Southern Alabama aggression. They were not happy with me yesterday. Whatever, dude. Uh, Dale Donuts, my dude, what's up? Uh, Are the Ute fans going to whine about UCLA next uh, week like they did last year when they lost to UCLA? Well, I mean, I I don't think we'll have to worry about that because they're going to pound UCLA. Yeah. UCLA doesn't have DTR anymore, man. Yeah, we'll see. Dakota Tubbs, what's up, Dakota? It's obvious KU always has been, always will be. Okay. Okay. Uh, roundabout OSU got beat by Southern Alabama. Um. Uh, Boyd Lake Houston is struggling, and I like you know I'm a big fan of Dana Holgerson. I give him another year at least. 
you got to get in the portal. You got to recruit. And you got to bring up the dudes yeah. that you have. Yeah. And I look like an idiot just because that's like family traits and, you know, my DNA makes me look like that. But am I the only one that has been completely wrong about Donovan Smith? What do you mean? I, he just has not been good. Yeah. At all. Like his completion percentage, it, he's just not an accurate passer. He is not. I don't think he trusts what he's looking at. And I think Donovan Smith is should be better. And you're going to go as, as – how many times will we say it? You're going to go as far as your quarterback, Tyler Shuck. Yeah. Donovan Smith is not part of the solution there. And I – yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, a couple more of your comments uh, before we move on here. And he says, uh, if, if rising plays, yes, Utah wins, but they don't uh, – but if they don't, I like UCLA's chances. I think – I don't see how UCLA – I don't see how they score enough points with the way that they have played. I don't see how UCLA can possibly believe they're ready to face Utah. I, I don't. And I understand that you scored 59 on – I believe it was Air Conditioner Renovation University – North Carolina Central. <clears throat> oh, my bad. North Carolina Central, 59 points. Yeah. Is that game preparing you to play Utah? At Utah. Come to elevation. Get physically beaten down by what I think is a top five defense in the country. I'm for real. After playing Coastal Carolina, who took you to the wire, San Diego State, and... North Carolina Central. I'm taking I'm taking Jutta, and I'm taking them by ten points. And the line's much closer than that. It's four and a half to Utah, fifty two and a half on the over. Right. I'm taking Utah to cover ten there. Yeah, I think the Nate Johnson running aspect is definitely uh still uncharted water for this offense. I don't think we know just how good he can be. Um, until we see him against, like, obviously he performed well against Florida. Um, you know, a couple of reps against Baylor. He did. But I, I think that, that this game is where I'm like, okay, if he's going to continue to run for touchdowns, if they continue to get into that 25, 35 yard line area of their opponent's end and he breaks the defense for a touchdown, that's just easy offense for Utah to score. And and I'm not saying he's better than Cam Rising at, at all. He is a superior runner to Cam Rising. There's no question. And the only question for me is how long is it going to take him to get to a place where his passing game and understanding the offense matches the running game? Because he's only a freshman, and that's what I think is both the downside and also really exciting if you're Utah. I don't know why Ute fans are so down on Nate. I'm, I've tried to figure it out. I really hope that Utah fans support him. I have to believe Cam plays. But I think Nate Johnson's your future. Yeah. I truly do. Uh, Call Me Clint says, Beavs fans, no bad football. ASU at home lost 29 to nothing. Dilly dilly. 29 to dilly, nothing. Dilly dilly. To Fresno State. Yeah, it's rough, dude. Oof. Bill G., how are you, my guy? Okie State is terrible. Supporters are split about what to do with Gundy. 
who is not on the hot seat yet, huge buyout is an issue. It is an issue. And, and again, let me be clear about the mullet. Mm-hmm. I don't think he will be fired. Right. I think there will be a ton of talk about firing him. He's next year. That's when that'll be talked about. This season, he could not win another game, and I don't think he'll be fired. But at some point, you've got. How do you not have a quarterback? Like I just, I don't know. And I agree with what you said yesterday. Why are you not just running your kid out there? Just do it. Like just get it done with. Like, wh- like what is the hesitation? If you're gonna lose, lose playing daddy ball. Yeah. Because this team's not fun to watch. It's not compelling. It's not interesting. And frankly, it's frustrating. And at least then if you suck with your kid at the helm, you can say, well, yeah, I took my kid out, dude. We, we Like, I made the sacrifice. Daddy ball's over. We're going to try something different. Like, Yeah, Derek Roche. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I'm pretty high on Nate Johnson, but next year we'll have Isaac Wilson. Oh, will ya? We'll see how that turns out. Buddy's all the hype in this town right now. Huge hype in this town. And by the way, he's working NIL pretty hard, too. And he's making bread. Uh, Coming up in 10 minutes, uh, we've got to get to Dame Talk. Yes. Wait, I I thought you said we were talking the NBA. Is this thing thing on? Yeah. Is that that real? Yeah. Are you guys ready? We're talking. here? Stay hard. We're talking NBA. Like the National Basketball Alliance. Yeah. Alliance. <laughs> was it? I was. That, that was a joke. It's hey, been so uh, long. You know, we t- haven't talked to NBA in like years, it feels like. Yeah. You, you know that Jerry World's not in uh, Tarrant County, right? You guys. Uh, Tanner Plummer, what's the latest on Cam's injury? There is no latest, and there's not going to be. Yeah, because Utah doesn't talk about injuries. Yes, so, they should you not. Know. Uh, any Nate Johnson, in my opinion, is a better quarterback than Milrow at Alabama. Well, he's shown the ability to throw the ball better. That that is that is for certain. Uh, Bill G. USA is located in Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Greenbow, Alabama. Does anybody know where that's from? Uh, Boyd Lake. Utah fans are used to pro Utah media. If you give straight, honest sports, that sounds like Utah hate to them. Truth. Mm-hmm. Good lord. Mike Smith. Gundy will probably be better. Uh, will be. Gundy will probably be pretty much forced to use the portal. Has to. Yeah. Has to. Uh, Joseph Harper. What's up, Joseph? Uh, you are a 12. Uh, Oklahoma State losing to South... Or, Dude. Please, for, <laughs> please forgive me. It's Southern. Southern Alabama. Thank that you. directional school in Alabama. Yeah. I Remember when that was slander? You're just a directional school. What do you know? <laughs> You're a directional school in the truck stop conference. Oklahoma State losing to Southern Alabama is like if the Chiefs lose to the Bears Sunday. Why do you say hurtful well, things? Why would you do that, dude? <laughs> why do you say hurtful things? I just don't get it. Uh, Mike Smith, I'm sorry. I ruined your Black Panther party. <laughs> do you know where that's from? No. Forrest Gump. Okay. Thank My you. name's Forrest. Forrest Gump. Sorry, I ruined your Black Panther party. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. Football, 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Presented by our good friends at Prize Picks, the official fantasy partner of the Monty program. Prize Picks, play daily fantasy at Prize Picks. Just download the app. There's a link in the description below. Hook it up. 
Use the promo code Monty to get 100% deposit matching right now on prize picks. Can we talk about fighting at football games? Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious what you guys think of this. Did you hear about this New England Patriots fan who got into a game-long shouting match with a Dolphins fan? Right. This 52-year-old Patriots fan decided talking wasn't enough. He went over to the Philadelphia, or excuse me, to the uh, Miami Dolphins fan who punched him in the face twice. The fan who was punched in the face fell and hit his head and never regained consciousness. He died at Gillette Stadium. Here's the thing I don't understand about this. Yeah. Number one, why are you punching somebody in the face in public? Or really anywhere. I'm not saying to take somebody behind closed doors and punch them in the face. But, you know. But why are you throwing hands at a football game? I've never understood this. You want an F on somebody, I think you're dumb, and okay, fine. But I've gotten yelled at at a golf course before in L.A. last weekend when Jake almost killed somebody with a a three-wood. No comment. But do you really think I'm going to go up to somebody and punch him in the face, let alone at Gillette Stadium or at any football game? And why? I don't understand this. The, The... the film that comes out every year, probably what, 12 times a year of huge brawls at sporting events. Like, I just don't get it. What are you hoping to accomplish? And how much money have you set aside for bail? And then what if you kill somebody, you're going to jail? Because this guy who punched this Patriots fan in the face and killed him is looking at manslaughter and he is on tape. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any circumstance other than self-defense where you would punch a guy in the face? No, I mean I just don't understand why 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 we feel the need to do this at football games, and and it's and it's you know it, it's frustrating to me that we take football so far in this country. Like I love football, like it's great, okay, awesome, but really we're taking it this far where we're getting into fights at football games. I mean this is the old Dodger Stadium thing, right? People are dying in the parking lot at Dodger Stadium. Like, what are we doing, man? Like, I, I I, will never be able to understand why it gets this far with fans. And 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 I think that fans just don't have any perspective. And whether it's racist bombs in the NBA or, you know, NFL or whatever, like, it just it gets tiring. And, yeah, dude. You know, yeah, I do think he should face discipline for this. You're on tape doing something you shouldn't have been doing. It is what it is. He's going to argue self-defense by most people's accounts. I get that. You killed a dude. And it's not the courtroom where that'll be vetted out. It's when you're laying alone at night in bed and you're thinking about that dude being dead because you were pissed he said something about the Dolphins. Yeah. Ridiculous. Hey, um, did you guys notice that Tom Brady's not the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders? What? You remember this story. Tom Brady bought a minority stake, a small share, in the Las Vegas Raiders. And everybody was like, well, hot damn, Tom Brady's becoming an NFL owner. Great for the league. Until uh, it's never been formalized or finalized by the NFL. Not approved. Not even begun the process of approving it. And people are trying to figure out why that is. The obvious inference is... Well, you can't play in the NFL if you own a team. And you're not going to play for the Raiders. You certainly can't play for another franchise if you own the team. Yeah. I don't think Tom Brady's coming back. I truly do not. 
But why do you think this has not been formalized? I, I, I there could be a number of reasons. I mean, yeah, I, like you just said, the obvious inference is him coming back. But I don't, I don't think Tom's coming back. I, I, I think we need to let this thing go. Like he's, I, I feel like he's been enjoying his retirement. He's done a lot of different business things. The Raiders aside, uh, he he has the Fox deal. I think it was that's going to be at some point yep. starting, like, which uh, hasn't started. Which also hasn't started. Like I don't know. Tom's in control of what he wants to do. Uh, the NFL. I don't know why they wouldn't. Why they wouldn't approve this? There's clearly a reason. Maybe there's a holdup. Maybe Tom changed his mind. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, like, Tom Brady's one of those guys, especially in NFL circles, that can pretty much do whatever the hell he wants to do. And so this not being done, I don't think, is an indication he's coming back. I think it's an indication that just, there's just something not right yet. By the way, um, Giselle Bunchton talked about how much the divorce from Tommy, Tommy impacted her life and not in a good way. Do you have any sympathy for Giselle Bunchton? I mean, I, I think that I can, sympathy may be a strong word. I can empathize. I can understand why it would be difficult, you know? Now, this whole thing about her fault or Tom's fault or who's that, like, I'm not really interested in having that. I think that everyone's going to have a strong-ass opinion on that. But the reality of the situation is they got divorced, and, and that's just, it's not easy on anybody. I agree. Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, presented by Prize Picks. Make sure you click the link below. Uh, to get yourself some prize picks and 100% deposit matching on the Monty Show. Um, Jake, is now the time for Dame to be traded to the New York Knicks? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Dame is Dame is a guy that obviously needs to find a new home. You know, his time, his time with the Trailblazers, you know, is coming to an ugly end. And, and it's really unfortunate because, you know, Dame is one of those guys that I grew up with. You know, obviously he's been in the league a while now. He's on the tail end of his career. But this is still a guy that has not won a championship. And I think that, you know, the Knicks, the Knicks are always that team that have assets and never do deals. Never, or I shouldn't say never do deals, but never get the deal done that they want to get done. Like whether it was Donovan Mitchell, whether it's, you know, you know the number of different targets over the years. And I think that, Dame is yet the latest guy on the list that the Knicks might be interested in. But the reality of the situation is Dame, if he's going to be traded, is going to be traded to the Eastern Conference. You really think, you know, the Bucs with Giannis and this whole situation with him and his brothers, dude, if they all leave, you think the Bucs aren't interested in Dame? You think that, you know, let's say Toronto's been in the news about Dame? You think that these teams are not going to be interested uh, in the caliber of player that Damian Lillard is? Well, of course they're going to be interested in this guy. Of course they're going to want a guy on their team that can actually be an anchor for a championship caliber team. So I love all these assertions about, hey, it's the Knicks, it's the Knicks, it's the Knicks. Yes, they have assets. Yes, it's a big market. Does him going to the Knicks make them a championship caliber team? Well, if you got Jalen Brunson and you got Mitchell Robinson still and you got Julius Randle still and you can have Dame, sure. But the question is, what's the potential asking price? Because the, the Blazers have asked the Heat to essentially go into every coffer, every nook and cranny, every cupboard in the kitchen to get every piece of value that they can give for Dame because the Blazers don't want to trade Damian Lillard. And so... When it comes to the Knicks, like, yeah, they have more ammunition than the Blazers. Absolutely. They could more easily get a, a deal done uh, uh, than the Heat could with the Blazers. But the reality of the situation is 
the asking price is so high for Damian Lillard that I'm not sure the Knicks would be willing to do a deal with the Blazers. That's the hard part. The Blazers don't want to move this guy. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And I think the bigger issue is the, the you know, what's the opposite of goodwill? Badwill? I think the PR hit that the Blazers are going to take in this situation is going to be nasty. And I, I, I think James Harden has killed so much of his reputation if Philly doesn't trade James Harden, he never bounces another basketball in the NBA. I don't know that that many people would be upset about that. If Portland refuses to trade Damian Lillard and this goes ugly, I think it gets ugly for Portland, not for Dame. And if it is, in fact, true what uh, ESPN is reporting, that there is a mystery team involved in the Damian Lillard trade talks, mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's the Knicks. And I think it's the Knicks because the Knicks have the assets and the Knicks have the need. Because you can clearly see a pathway where if you're Portland, you can acquire a guy like an R.J. Barrett. And you can, uh, R.J. Barrett and a package. You can flip Dame to the Knicks who can upgrade R.J. Barrett. And if you're able to put Dame into that lineup with the diversity and it makes... In my opinion, it makes Julius Randle a far better player. The Knicks far too often find themselves counting on Julius Randle to be a Swiss Army knife. Mm -hmm. And if you put Damon in that lineup, now you become a far more diverse offense and you can allow Brunson to play his game. Dame is going to facilitate for, for Brunson. Dame is going to be facilitated uh, by Brunson. They're going to be able to use Julius Randle. And then it's just a matter of how you want to fill that line out up. And I think that gives you a much better chance to move up into that Boston Philly tier in the in the Eastern Conference. Because I right now I think the Knicks, granted it's Jimmy Dolan and you know, I, but I think the Knicks are at this point where Leon Rose has to do something. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. And as we sit here on September 20th, and we haven't talked NBA for a solid month on this show. And why is that? Because what has there been to talk about? There has been nothing to talk about. It has been dead silent in the NBA. The Knicks have to make a move. You've got to do something other than nothing and I think Dame is a perfect player on that stage. Now, does he want to go to the Knicks? I don't know. I think he clearly wants to go to the Miami Heat. But if you're Portland, are you taking Tyler Hero for Damian Lillard? No. No. And that's the problem for Portland. I Like, everything you just said about Dame with the Knicks is 100% spot on. The only problem is, is that the Blazers, unfortunately, are going to be ridiculous about it and they're going to ask for guys like Julius Randle. They're going to ask for, you know, the moon. And, and that's what I think is difficult. Like, when the Kevin Durant Brooklyn Nets thing was happening, Joe Sy was asking for the moon. Yeah. And they got it, right? They got a huge haul from Phoenix for him. And the issue is, is that I don't think that you can compare the Durant deal to a Damian Lillard deal. I don't think that, you know, all these NBA teams that want to be like, oh, well, look what they got for Rudy. What what does that mean we're going to get for for Dame? Well, the problem is we're not talking about quarterback contracts here. We're talking about you know, draft picks and, and roster builds and situations and everyone's situation is different. And so that's why I say, I agree with what you said here. This is going to come down on Portland, not Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard has been nicely asking to be traded, uh, both privately and publicly, in my opinion, 
for like two to three seasons now. It's yeah. been a conversation that's ongoing, and ultimately, Dame is going to have to be, you know, kind of an asshole about it. This is why guys sit out. This is why dudes are like, yeah, I'm not going to play for you. Uh, you need to trade me because if you play while they're trying to trade you, they're not going to trade you, Dame. And it's unfortunate because guys like Dame are running out of time. And that's what Portland is counting on. Hey, dude, you only have less than five years left. Yeah, I think it is very different. It is very different for Damian Lillard to ask for a trade. And the 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 public reaction to that, then it is for the public reaction to Portland refusing to trade him. Yes. I think those are two totally different scenarios. I think it's very, very difficult if you are Portland to believe that you can get any kind of leverage, any kind of return, because I, I just don't think Portland isn't a, a, a franchise of consequence in the NBA. They're not. If we're telling hard truths, Portland is not as relevant as Philly. I'm trying to think of other Eastern Conference teams at the bottom. Like, you're not as relevant as Damian Lillard. Portland's not. And this is a league of players. I get that. But Portland's not as relevant as Damian Lillard is. People want to see Damian Lillard win. And I think everybody realizes that's not going to happen with ownership instability, um, possible ownership changes in Portland. Like, you just are not that franchise anymore. Yeah. And it's time to let him go. But I also go back to Miami and say, what were you thinking with Tyler Hero? And all the Heat fans that came in this show and told us we were nuts and Hero's this guy, Tyler Hero ain't that dude. He's not. And this contract is going to hang around your neck until you are able to move it. Yes. It is no different than the Jazz with Rudy Gobert. What were you thinking? Oh, that's right. You wound up trading it. You're going to wind up trading that contract. Yes. There's, there's just no other way around it. Yes. And if you look at the other situations in this league, and Philadelphia might be the best example of this, where people have asked to be traded, it's not just one time. People don't want to play in Philadelphia. Nope. And whether it was Ben Simmons, and I don't care if Ben Simmons has been a bust for the Nets or who are, it doesn't matter. Ben Simmons didn't want to play there. James Harden doesn't want to play there. Joel Embiid looks like now he's kind of leaning towards not wanting to play there. Well, look at this Giannis thing in Milwaukee, right? Like everyone wants to criticize Giannis because he's sitting here saying that they're not willing to, you know, fill the roster with championship caliber players. And yet Giannis has two of his brothers on the roster. And it's like, yeah, dude, but what you don't understand is Giannis delivered, right? You got what you asked Giannis to do. You got your championship for the first time in however long. You yeah. got that. He gave that to you. He carried that team. He was the guy on that team. You don't win without him. And yet, I think it's really unfortunate, man. Yeah. And, that, and so if you're Milwaukee, you're really just going to let this guy walk away? This was the Bryce Harper thing with the with the Nats all those years ago. That's the first one in sports, in my opinion, where in the modern day where I'm like, yeah, dude, Bryce Harper was this big money player that you didn't want to trade. And what happened? Yeah. He left. Yeah. Giannis is going to leave. Eventually, Dame's going to find his way out. Uh, all these dudes are going to leave. And and I think that's the reality of sports. And yet, what do we do with, with the Lakers every single year? What do I hear? Rob Palenka sucks. The Lakers are the Lakers. They're never going to live up to it, and they're always trying to get the big-name player. Well, what would you rather have? The Lakers trying to get the big-name player or the Portland Trailblazers not willing to trade the guy they need to trade five years ago? 
Rainey says, remember when they thought Porzingis was going to save them, the Knicks and Dallas and now Washington? I mean, Porzingis is an interesting guy. What? And I just asked, what is Kyrie do- doing in Dallas? Oh, man, don't get me started on that. Mike Smith, Salty has been around. Yeah, we're Salty drunk when we're talking NBA. Yeah, dude. Come on now. Um, Kate Nuren, maybe it's the Jazz. No, it's not. No, it's not the Jazz. It's not the wrong timeline. That's what I'm saying. Rainey says uh, Jeremy Lin's not walking through that door anytime soon. Right. Uh, Clint says uh, Brandon Roy years of hope are long gone, my friend. But, oh my but God. that's a great point. Isn't Brandon it? Roy and his knee. Dude, he was the Jesus Christ of Blazers basketball for a cup of coffee because of his knee. Yeah. And, and so then Dame comes in and is this incredible player. And you didn't take advantage of Dame's prime. That's not Dame's fault. That's your fault. And now you want to penalize him for that. Yeah, I, I'm just really interested to see how all this plays out. Um, very interested to see how all this plays out. But I, I think there are a lot of problem spots in the league right now. And I, I think we are we are just at the beginning of – I don't know what is happening in the NBA – and, and maybe you guys think I'm crazy. I don't know. I feel like the NBA is in a transition period. And the haves are pulling away from the have-nots. I look at the bottom half of this league. Detroit, San Antonio. Like Again, we've battled hard over Victor Wambanyama on this show. Yeah, Victor Wambanyama is not a savior for San Antonio. Victor's the way. And he is not. I think it's three years minimum before he's raising the bar in San Antonio. I look at Houston. Houston spent a ton of money this year. Is Houston going to be a playoff team this year? Maybe. He already lost a guy. But is that a championship caliber team? I don't think so. What's going on in Charlotte? Charlotte's a mess, dude. Like, you, you just, you have a brand new owner, but you have a roster full of misfits. You have this superstar in LaMelo Ball, but what do you have around him? Anybody see, real quick on LaMelo Ball, anybody see that uh, LaVar's back selling products? I did. Any, anyone see? So it started with the shoes, right? He rolls out new loafers or whatever that kind of look like the, the Yeezy loafers or whatever. But he put out a video yesterday of, of LiAngelo doing pull-ups in his backyard. He, he said, hey, we've got a pull-up bar, a, a dip bar, and a push-up bar, and I can have my boy build you these bars for eighteen fifty, I'm sorry. I thought you said eighteen hundred dollars for push up and pull up bars. Yeah, Lavar is still Lavaring, man. Lavar is still Lavaring. Lavar is still Lavaring. I don't think there's any doubt about that. There's not. Uh, but I look at the league and I I think that there is a clear separation, especially in the West. I mean, I think Denver. I don't know how long Denver can stay on top. That's a lot of basketball, yeah. right? But what's going on with John Memphis? Sacramento. I don't believe in Sacramento. I don't know how Phoenix is going to look. I think that's a huge experiment. Like, I don't know that there is... I don't know that there's a dynasty currently brewing in the, in the, in the NBA. Because I don't see it in the West. I certainly don't see it. I think Boston continues to be one of the biggest disappointments in the NBA. Yeah. I think Milwaukee, I agree with you. The Giannis thing is very awkward. Philadelphia is awkward. I don't think that that Cavs roster makes it. 
I don't see the great team anymore in the NBA. And I'm I'm maybe I'll be proven wrong and it'll bear out that hey, maybe Boston does break out. Maybe Golden State still is that guy. I look at the NBA right now and I don't see it. And I I think it, this league has never been more about individual players than it has been right now today. Seriously. I don't and as a Bulls fan, Bulls aren't moving in the right direction, in my opinion. And I'm a huge Bulls fan. But what am I hanging on to with the Bulls? What am I, My guy's Devin Booker, the sex machine. We talk about it all the time. I'm a book guy. Would I hate the Suns if he left the Suns? No, but I'd be more of a fan of the Lakers because I'm a Devin Booker guy. This league is about players now. And I just, as much as I love the NBA, I don't know that that's a good thing for the NBA. Right. I truly don't know if that's a good thing. Shout it. Warriors is coming to everyone. Yeah, I think that remains to be seen, dude. I I still believe Steph Curry's that guy, certainly. Um, but I I every team that has brought on Chris Paul has failed, and I don't understand why Golden State thinks they're going to be any different. The reality of the situation is Chris Paul is is conniving his way into the starting five. He's going to get hurt midway through the season. He's going to come back with 20 games left before the playoffs, and then he's going to get hurt in the first round of the playoffs, and then they're going to be the same team they've been the last eight, nine years in the playoffs. And I don't know how to break it to you. This team is not about Steph, Clay, and Dre. You know who this team's about? This team's about Moses and Jonathan, Kaminga and Moody. This team needs the next. Yes, they do. Because they are rapidly aging. Clay Thompson looks great in the summer workouts. This is as well as he, and he has said this himself, this is as well as I've felt and shot in a number of years. But I think Steph is a young player, but is Draymond Green the same guy anymore? And he just got paid. Chris Paul's not that guy. What is Andrew Wiggins after what was essentially a lost year last year? Yeah. I don't... I, I think the Warriors are very good for the NBA when they're when they're good. I, I just I don't even know that there are are they one of the top two teams in the in the Pacific Division. I think the the Sacramento Kings. I think Phoenix, the Lakers. I think Phoenix is the only true great team right now, and I think that still remains to be seen just how great they're going to be. Because I'm I've always said, dude, you put you put three scores in one starting five. That's a challenge. You have to figure out how to balance, how you have to, you know, how everybody can get their reps. Like, you have to work that out. I think Gabe Vincent and Jackson Hayes on the Lakers makes them a very different team. And Christian Wood, too. Yeah, we'll see. I want to be a Christian Wood fan. I'm not. I want to be. I'm not. I want to see Austin Reeves. Can he take that FIBA performance and turn it into an NBA performance? Can D'Angelo Russell be anything other than an enigma? enigma? Because they need him. They need him. D'Lo, Reeves, LeBron, Vanderbilt's contract is very tradable and team-friendly. And how many games does Anthony Davis play? (laughs) But I know this. Are you telling me that Bradley Beal, or excuse me, Brad Beal, is just some seamless fit with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker? I just, yeah, I, I don't think we can say that. As a point guard? With DeAndre Ayton still a problem? That's a huge question. And that you're Bull Bull and Drew Eubanks behind him? You still haven't figured that out. 
Now, I love Yuta Watanabe on that roster. I think that's a really good pickup. And I think dollars of donuts, if you if you put the, the fire to my toes, I'm going to tell you the Suns are probably the best team in that division. But I think there's a lot of unknowns, man. I think there's a lot of unknowns. They, they have a better bench. There's no doubt with Saban Lee and Eric Gordon, they're going to make threes. Show me you can defend. And show me you can defend bigs because that's what it's going to take to get by Denver. Yeah. So there you go. It feels good. It almost feels like a bloodletting to yeah, talk dude, NBA it, again. Yeah, dude. It's kind of crazy. Right? It feels mm, big 12, all Texas sports fan. The Warriors young players have felt uh, held down and big broed by the older players. That team is not unified. We're going to find out. Yeah. But this is the season where they need those young guys to play minutes for sure. There he is, salty drunk. Hey. And the first thing he says, SGA will be an MVP candidate. Me? He won't. He won't. Now, I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm not saying that at all. But I, I, I remain that SGA cannot be a, an MVP candidate unless they win 55 or so games. They have to have a massive season. Yeah. Because it's OKC. And I think you look at – I still don't know what you do with Lugan Stort. I, I, I don't know what you do with that because Chet's going to be back. Jalen's going to be back. He's a hell of a player. Yeah. You know, I, I look at Cason Wallace, I think, is going to be a very interesting body. But SGA, Giddy, Dort, Williams, and Holmgren, Jalen Williams with an L and Jalen Williams with a Y, they have tremendous depth. They're young and they're fast. We'll see if they can win. They've got to win 50, 55 games this year. Yeah. Totally that's what agree. it that's what it comes down to. Cause I don't think they're better. I think Minnesota's the best team in that division this year. And I think you're gonna have to figure some things out. But you want to talk about a guy that's an MVP candidate? Tell me Ant's not gonna be an MVP candidate. Yeah, he is. Because people like him. People like him. Oh, because he's a good dude. Yeah. Personable, humble. How long is Rudy Gobert and Cat on the same roster? I yeah I, I would be shocked if it made it the season. I think we'll see our two three trades coming up here in the next ten days. I think you're going to get some movement, but I think we'll see. Yeah, the league needs to wake we'll up a little bit here. I think Minnesota could could be the best team in that division. I just don't think you can play as much basketball as Denver has played, and I think it was really smart for their guys to sit out FIBA. Yeah. That's a lot of basketball. You're playing, what are you playing, 82 in the regular season? I mean, you're playing probably 110 games. Yeah. That's a lot of basketball. It's a lot of basketball. So we'll see. Um, Salty, you do realize SGA made all NBA, right? What does that have to do with him being an MVP candidate? I don't understand yeah, the I mean, correlation. I, I think the, the thing with the being an MVP is it's a popularity contest. You know, so the minimum requirement, I would agree, is, you know, probably 55 games. It's a popularity contest fought in major markets. Yeah. And what that means is if you're in OKC or Utah or San Antonio or Sacramento, Charlotte, Milwaukee, look at Giannis. What did it take for Giannis to win? Stupid performances. Just undoubtedly the best guy on the floor every night. What does it take for a guy like Jokic to win it? superhuman performances. If you're Shea Gilgis Alexander 
in Oklahoma City where 99% of the NBA hates your owner, it's going to take a it's going to take a huge you're going to have to be elite and that team's going to have to win 50 55 games. And what they win 40 games last year, so they're going to need a 10 game, 12 game bump. Well, there's no doubt SGA had a great run in FIBA. I mean, he he led FIBA, yes. he dominated in FIBA. There's there's no doubt about that. But but I I think the challenge is going to be, you know, leading your team and being the best player on your team isn't good enough to win MVP because a because of OKC, but B because of the way he plays the game, right? So this is a score. This is someone that yeah he can fill up a stat sheet and be on a highlight reel. But but I think it's it's even more than that in today's MVP races. You gotta I mean you gotta just dominate. Like you got like Giannis won Every because he was night. dunking on dudes constantly. Every night. And I'm not saying it's impossible for SGA to go out there and, and and win an MVP, but what I am saying is it's easier for Chet to go win the Rookie of the Year than it is for SGA to go out and get an MVP. Yeah. It's just a totally different thing. And, and that's one of the things that I, I both love and hate about the NBA. I hate that the MVP is constantly a popularity contest because if it was by the I numbers, agree. Braun would have like 10 MVPs. You know what I mean? Like I agree. And, and, and it's not. And, and James Harden has, you know has been snubbed and also won and like i just it is that both that double-edged sword that love-hate comp conversation yeah i lebron's a really good example because everybody hates lebron but the guy for 20 years was the best player in the nba did he win 20 nba mvp awards no no i, I mean it's a popularity I mean, you contest. can make a legitimate case braun should have 10 mvps i agree like and, and I would also say you could make a legitimate case that TridayTrading.com is the exact place that you need to go to change your life. Become the MVP in your house. See what he did there? He's the There's MVP. MVP in the NBA and MVP in your house and you know. Triday Trading and making money. Yeah. Uh, make that bread at TridayTrading.com. Really good to hear from all of our listeners that are going through the 30-day trial membership, and they love it because you get exposed to their system. And – the thing about Triday Trading is they have a culture. They have a they just have a way of doing business that sucks you in. And when you pay $10 for a 30-day trial membership, you may think that you're getting like some cut rate deal, you're not. You're going through that 30-day trial membership and you're getting every part of their program, high-level coaching, access to their platform. They're teaching you the way that they have for decades churned out elite day traders who are making a thousand dollars a day day trading full time right so you graduate the triday program they're going to open a trading account for you they're going to fund it for you and when you make money with triday trading's money they give you 80 percent of the profit what do you have to lose if you're the guy that hates your boss or if you're the guy that's always dreamed of owning your own business and working for yourself, TridayTrading.com. If you're the guy that's like, damn, you know, the Christophers next door are going on that Disney vacation I can't afford, TridayTrading.com. Live in the house. Drive the cars. Send your kids to the best schools. Go on those vacations. Wear those Jordans because you've earned it. You've worked hard. You become a prolific day trader. Go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Part-time, full-time, whatever you need, they fit it into your life at TridayTrading.com. couple more comments on the NBA. Salty Drink Drunk says, yeah, okay, I hear you. Good point. Um, washcloth trick. <laughs> Love it. Can't wait for NBA prize picks. Me too. Dude, seriously. 
Beavers on a rampage. KD and Ball Hog both won MVPs for OKC. KD and Ball Hog. Okay, so Kevin Durant wins an MVP. How do you do that? A far and away great performances. Best player in the world at one point. Maybe it's that time for, for SGA. Maybe it is. But those OKC teams were actually very good. Yeah. Let's not let's not Dude, you went to the NBA finals in OKC. Come on. And but what did you have? Harden Westbrook and KD. Let's not forget that. You've had big stars there. Big, big stars there. So it's not impossible. I'm not even saying it's impossible. You can't win 40 games and win an MVP. Yeah. SGA's got to have a 10-12 game bump where he's the reason. And he is one of the best players in the NBA. And he's a great story. And Chet. And, and he's got to be the straw that stirs the OKC drink. And they got to win 50-55 games to do it. Period. OKC will see a few uh, more national games, you think. I would think, yeah. If they I, win I more think, games. Yeah. And if Chet stays healthy and SGA's healthy and Josh Kitty and those guys are playing a lot of basketball. Don't forget that. I And I don't mean to keep hammering that nail. You play FIBAs, you play Olympics, you make the NBA playoffs. You, It's 82 games at a minimum. And let's say you play 10 games. And then let's say you go to FIBA. Remember what that is. It's basketball 365. Because these guys take a couple of weeks off here and there but they're in summer runs. They're practicing with the USA men's team. They're going through the playoffs. Yeah. Now, okay, so FIBA ended a week ago. You're getting ready for training camp now. Do you think you're sitting on your ass? You're not. You're 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 in the Drew or you're in, you know, like you're hooping. You're playing a lot of basketball. And I, that's what I worry about. You when you play FIBA, you're committing to a 3-year Essentially, a three-year cycle. Yeah. And the hardest part is, if you're a guy on SGA's level, you're not LeBron James who can can say, yeah, I'm going to play next summer. And then when the NBA season ends, you're like, okay, yeah, time to go to camp. You're having to go to the summit every year. You're having to – it's just a lot of hoop, man. That's what I worry about with, with guys. That's why I was very happy to see, like, Jamal Murray not playing in the Olympics. Or not playing in FIBA, I thought was really important. You know, like I was very happy Devin Booker didn't play in in FIBA. Yeah, like those guys need legs; they need a they need a break. Uh, Pied Piper, what's up? I would love to see them try relegation promotion in sports in the U.S. Get rid of complacency and tanking. Well, I think that's interesting. Stephen Smith for ten dollars. What would happen if Washington State or Oregon State get relegated? If they had a bad season and have to be in the Mountain West instead of the Pac-12, you're in the Mountain West instead of the Pac-12. If you're getting relegated in this system that Ross Dellinger is reporting on, you're not a good team. You don't. You're not a good football team. You and don't deserve why, to be there. That's why I still think even if the system got pushed through, you're not going to have the auto bid. Yep. Adler Harris gives us twenty dollars. Thanks, Adler. Appreciate that. Um, I think. Listen, this relegation thing is real. I think for the Pac-12 and the Mountain West, it might be the the innovation that you need to remain a P5 conference. Yeah. And it might be a gimmick. Okay, cool. But it works. It works. And I think it could be it could be very meaningful. Very meaningful for the Pac-12. I don't I don't 
I don't have any doubt about that. I think it is. I think it's actually a stroke of brilliance. Robert Sanders says, love the relegation aspect. Yeah, me too. I'm here for it. Kaner and Jazz win 50 to 55. Uh, I think that's pushing it. I don't love. I, I just don't love the roster. I don't. And, and the lack of roster movement. Like I. Like Walker Kessler is a good example of a guy that needed to go play FIBA. Mm-hmm. But he didn't get a lot of run. There's still this awkwardness with Jordan Clarkson. I mean, you're you're basically saying Sexton, Clarkson, Marketing, Collins, and um, Walker Kessler. John Collins was your big offseason addition. Now, I also love what they did in the draft. I think Taylor Hendricks is going to be awesome. Yep. You know, and I think I think all of us expect a lot from Ochai Agbaji. But Talon Horton Tucker? I mean, no. How soon do we get Keontae George in full bloom? Because I think that kid's going to be a stud. I, I, I don't think it's going to take but 20 games, maybe. I think, I think you need to start Keontae George as soon as possible. I am not a Colin Sexton guy. Start Keontae George. I love Chris Dunn as a number two. Trade Colin Sexton. Trade Kelly Olynyk. Trade THT. Build a roster that can compete next year. You should be next season, a year from now, you should have a roster that can be middle of the Western Conference. Yeah. Five and above. This year you need to be out of the play-in, and I don't think this roster is out of the play-in. And winning 50-55 games I think would be unbelievable. It would be... My God. Yeah. Uh, OG Gary, relegation and promotion would be huge for sports. I'm all in. Imagine the big uh, 10, 12, and SEC, ACC. Uh, that would be huge. It would be huge. I agree. Salty drunk, do you see Giannis in another team? I do. Yeah. I do. He's not saying what he's saying to stay in Milwaukee. Yeah. This isn't a campaign to get paid. I think he wants to be on – a uh, an original big time NBA franchise, major market original team, yep. and I think he's looking at teams like the Lakers, the Knicks, the Celtics. And I think Giannis understands that he can chase down the greats in terms of NBA championships. He can run them down, and I agree, he can. Yeah, like yeah. he's playing for the bigger picture here. Yeah, I agree. And he said, uh, "Did anyone see LSU safety had surgery to remove that brain tumor? Dude, wild, dude." Like that is, I don't know what is going on. And I think a lot of it is the, the shit that we eat, but like Gary Woodland, the golfer, like having a brain lesion, this safety at LSU, Greg Brooks Jr. Having a brain tumor removed on Friday because he was complaining of headaches they removed a rat, uh, a mass from his brain. They're waiting for biopsy results. Jesus. Yeah. Like, that is crazy to me. Yeah. Hey, I, and not to lecture you guys. Don't take today for granted. Because don't go to the, the Dolphins-Patriots game and get punched in the face twice. Seriously. Don't go to the doctor with a headache and find out you got to have a brain tumor removed. They don't take today for granted, man. I say it all the time, and if you're a long time, you know this. Um, I would encourage you to text the people you love and be like, hey, I love you. Hope you're having a good day. 
Send somebody you haven't send somebody that you haven't talked to in a week and say, hey, just thinking about you. We haven't talked in a minute. Send your wife or your girlfriend a text that says, hey, just wanted you to know I love you. I'm thinking about you. Don't take today for granted, man. Um, let's see. Clutch. Promotion and relegation could easily work in the P5, G5. I agree. I'm all for that. Yeah, that's, I'm with yeah, you We were that. talking about that, that you can pair the G5 conference geographically to the Power 5. Yeah. Salty drunk. Rhetorical question. But do you maintain the Jazz are closer than OKC to a chip? Um, I don't know. I, I think that's such a... I don't know. Does Chet stay healthy? Does we does... need time to pass on the calendar, man, to yeah. answer that question? I mean, I I I I believe that Keontae George can be one of the best young guards in the league inside of a season. Can you imagine if Keontae George and Lugans Dort flipped? Now, like I just think you have weaknesses on that roster in OKC that have got to be addressed before you're a 50, 55 win team. I think SGA is the best player on either team. I, I would agree I, with that. I, I, I think that that Chet Holmgren has to have a year here. You have to stay healthy. You have to produce numbers. Whether you win the rookie of the year or not is inconsequential. Great if you do. But the important thing is to prove you can stay healthy, be that guy on your team, and turn into an elite scorer. And and totally if he, agree. If Chet Holmgren turns into that and you and you can keep SGA, I think you're on that that NBA finals track. Like now you're like, okay. Dominant point guard, scorer that can get down on the post and get us a bucket when we need one. Like, you're in a good place that way. But the Jazz are, to me, in a situation where they need to develop these guys, but you have huge top-end potential with Walker Kessler, obviously Laurie. Uh, again, I'm going to, uh, no matter how much crap people give us about the JC thing, I'm going to stay on it. Something happened there. I don't know what. NBA guys don't just turn 180 degrees on leaving an organization and then automatically just come back on a contract. Something changed there. I don't know what happened. I don't think anyone knows what happened. So I think Jordan Clarkson's future with the Jazz remains to be seen. He could be a deadline guy. Maybe he stays a whole year. I don't know. I think he was promised to trade at the deadline. I think Jordan Clarkson was promised he would be traded to a contender. Because they, well, at some point we'll get into it. Um, let's see, Dakota, how, uh, says Monty, how much college basketball are you going to talk with this show in the state of Utah coming to the big 12? Well, I, what's it got to do with the state of Utah? Uh, that is irrelevant to me. I mean, I, I, the big, we'll talk a lot of big 12 college basketball. I mean, I think it's the pre preeminent league in college basketball. We'll talk a lot of college basketball. Um, salty drunk, your wisdom on life is great, Monty. Well, thanks. Default, default. Please hold your cell phone away from your head. Yeah. I don't talk on my handheld on my phone that much. I really, I've tr I started carrying my AirPods with me because I just, yeah. Mike Smith, life can change in a snap. I learned that last summer. Seriously. Seriously. Um, all right. Couple of non-sports stories. Uh, then we got to get out of here on the Monte Show presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Uh, the best injury attorneys in the business at the advocates where you never pay a penny to talk to one of their expert injury attorneys. In fact, you can get online chat right now, 24, seven, at the advocates.com. Uh, should you take a field sobriety test? I'm telling you not to, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not giving you legal advice. 
I think the people, in my opinion, the people who take field sobriety tests are not smart. Mm -hmm. Do you know how difficult stone sober it is to pass a field sobriety test? Now, again, I am not a lawyer. But I can tell you that Kobe Altman, the president of the Cleveland Cavaliers who recently failed a field sobriety test, said he couldn't have passed it sober. And that's the problem with field sobriety tests. And I think, number one, I'm a big believer that if you if you are convicted of driving while intoxicated, you should never be able to drive again. Right. Whether that's alcohol, drugs, whatever. If you are impaired behind the wheel, you should never be able to drive again. And I'm a big believer if you kill somebody while you're impaired behind the wheel of a car, you should go to jail for the rest of your life. I just think that is what it is. I have no... I think people who drive drunk, I think you are, are, mm, everybody's got an excuse, man, but I don't understand it. But if you are pulled over, in my opinion, not my legal expert, I am not a lawyer. I am giving you my opinion. I think you are foolish if you ever submit to a field sobriety test because A, the law does not require that. And you know, we've talked about this on the show in the past. Right. I'm a big believer in understanding what your rights are. I'm a big believer in it. I don't think that in general you should be the guy that's like, oh, hey, officer, how are you? Do you know why I pulled you over? Yeah, I was speeding. If you're that guy, you are, you are just looking to give your money to the government. I think if you get pulled over, it's very simple. The cop's going to walk up to you and he's going to say, hey, how are you doing today? And you're going to say, I'm great, but I'm not answering any questions, officer. Here's my license and insurance card. And he's going to say, do you know why I'm pulling you over? And you're going to say, I told you, with all due respect, sir, I'm not answering any questions today. Am I free to go or are you detaining me? And he's going to say, okay, great. He's going to take your license and your insurance. He's going to write you a ticket and you're going to leave. There's just never a reason to say, yeah, why don't you go ahead and search my car? There's never a reason to get into a, hey, where are you coming from? It doesn't matter. And when they say to you, hey, why don't you get out of the car? Let's do a field sobriety test. With all due respect. No, I'm not doing a field sobriety test. In my opinion, that's what you should do. In my opinion, I think you're a drug of society if you drive impaired. But if a cop asks you to do a field sobriety test, say no. No. Because it's not mandated by law that you do that. Mm. I am a believer, in my opinion, you should do everything that the law entitles you to do. Period. But these situations where these guys are failing field sobriety tests and then not failing blood tests, it's remarkable to me. Yeah, well, I think the issue is is that it's so rare to get pulled over by the cops. You know, that, that we're not... I mean, it's not like... You know, what's something we do all the time? Like getting gas. Like, you know what to do when you need to get gas. You roll up to the pump. Yep. You turn the car off. You put it in park. You know, you, you open your gas cap, put the thing in. Like, you know what to do. But when you get pulled over, I feel comfortable saying most people are probably a little bit intimidated by the situation. You're dealing with the cops. That's not something you do all the time. You know you've probably done something wrong, even if you didn't mean to. Okay, great. I agree. It's very rare to get pulled over. Right. So we're inexperienced in these situations. Knock on wood. also, you're right. Uh, I couldn't tell you 
my exact rights when I get pulled over. I, I mean, I don't know that stuff like the back of my hand. And I think that's what makes it difficult. And I think guys like this, Colby Altman. The president who, of the Cleveland Cavaliers got pulled over and failed a field sobriety test. Right. So when you're the president of an NBA franchise, think about this. Your job essentially is to talk to people all day, right? You 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 converse essentially for a living. Whether you're making a trade or doing business ops or whatever the case may be, you're talking to someone. So when you get pulled over as someone who talks to people every day for a living essentially, what do you think your first instinct is going to be? Well, hey, I'm going to try and be nice and talk to the cops and try to work this out. But what happened with Co Kobe Altman? Kobe Altman got pulled over. Mm-hmm. Troopers initiated a traffic stop during their interaction with the driver. Indicators of impairment were observed. Now, he refused a breath test. But what happened during interactions? He and it's the videos out there. He freely spoke to police officers. And I'm I'm not the guy that's not going to roll my window down. I don't believe in that. I am going to hand you my license and insurance. And I am going to say to you, here you go, officer. Where are you coming from? It doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to tell stories, man. And he, you've, uh, we were pulled over on vacation a couple of years ago. It was the last time I was pulled over. Right. Knock on wood. And what did I do? We were pulled over by a Nevada highway patrol person. And the cop walked up to the passenger side of the car. Which also is a big change. They never used to do that. Now they do that. And he started asking questions. And what did I say? Here's my license and insurance. We're not going to answer any questions today. Are we being detained or are we free to go? And he said, you are being detained. I'm going to write you a citation. And I said, okay, great. Here you go. Wrote me a citation. When I got home, I mailed the check-in. That was that. Now, if I had been impaired, like Colby Altman, and we had gotten into it, you know, I was just coming from my Aunt Virginia's house. And why would, if Colby Altman just says, I'm not going to answer any questions today, am I being detained or am I free to go? He probably is never subjected to the embarrassment of this field sobriety test. There's probably no indicators he's under the influence of alcohol. And he probably never declines a field breath test, which, by the way, what does that mean? That makes you seem guilty. Yeah. Now, you should not have been driving. I am not defending drunk driving in any way, shape, or form. I am telling you these breath tests, You, as soon as you say no, you're You're, you're digging your You're digging the hole. That's the problem. But at the beginning of this whole thing, if you had not talked to the cops and you had not subjected yourself to a field sobriety test, I'm telling you now, I don't know that I could stand on one foot and put my finger to my nose. I don't, I don't know that I could pass a field sobriety test sober. And the law does not require you to subject yourself to a field sobriety test. And I think a lot of people get this confused, this advice about, hey, like, you know, you don't need to answer questions with the cops. You do need to provide them with your, your, your you know, license, insurance, and registration. Absolutely. Uh, but you don't have to answer any questions. And I think the other thing that's really important here is when you say to a cop, hey, I'm not going to answer any questions, don't be an asshole about it. No, Please not at all. Don't use aggressive tone. Don't be demonstrative. Don't talk down to the cop. Like, don't There's be no that reason guy. to be rude. Just say, hey, here you go. Here's my stuff. And then, hey, am I being detained or am I free to go? It's that simple. 
Do what you're told to do. I would never tell you to physically fight a cop. If a cop tells you to get out of the car, get out of the car. Don't fight cops at all. Don't disrespect. It's a very difficult job. But what I'm telling you is, and we talked about this with the, the when we were talking about, you know, that African-American drivers, unfortunately, you're having to teach your kids how to handle police officers and traffic stops. Because of the bias. There's, this is no, this is not different. If you get pulled over, in my opinion, I don't think you should be talking about where you're coming from or where you're going. I don't think you should be answering questions about, Hey, what did you do tonight? Because what happens? I think you make a great point. What happens? Like with Kobe. Hey dude, uh, where are you heading tonight, sir? I'm headed home. But imagine if when you said that your speech was slurred or what happens is overwhelmingly, Hey, where are you headed tonight? Well, I'm headed home. Where are you coming from? Oh, I was at my friend Jimmy's house. We were having a party. Did you have anything to drink? That's the question you do not want to be answering with the cops. Because he's asking you that because he, he thinks that you are or you have. Yeah. Hey, where are you headed tonight? Nah, I'm not talking about my life. Am I being detained or am I free to go? And I would not be rude to the guy. Officer, I respect you. I'm, I appreciate that you're out here serving us. Thank you. But I'm not going to be talking about my life tonight. And that's even too much. I would simply say, yeah, I'm not talking about my, my, uh, I'm not talking about my day. Um, here's my license, my insurance, my registration, whatever he asks you for. And if he hasn't asked you for your license or your registration, I would simply say, I'm not talking about my day. Am I being detained or am I free to go? Yeah. Well, why don't you, and, and nine out of 10 cops are going to say, well, why don't you want to talk about your day? Officer, am I being detained or am I free to go? That's it. Yeah, because they can't get out of that one. Legally, Be they can't get out of that. Because the other thing I would tell you, in this Kobe Altman situation, a perfect example, do you really want cops digging through your car? Because I don't. And the other thing, in my opinion, when a cop says, hey, do you mind if I search your car? And this has happened to me in Los Angeles, the California Highway Patrol. I was doing overnights um, in national sports talk radio. And I used to drive from Santa Monica all the way down to Huntington Beach. Studio was in Santa Monica. <clears throat> I got off of work at 3 in the morning. I was tired. I'm certain I was probably drifting in my lane. Cop pulled me over and said, um, hey, have you been drinking tonight? And this was probably 15 years ago now. Um, and I said, no. And he said, well, I think you have, so I'm going to do whatever. He, he never talked to me. He never gave me a breath test, never gave me a field sobriety test, ripped my car apart on the side of the freeway and just took everything out of my, everything out of my car. And I was, what do you do? You know what you do? You do nothing. You do nothing. I had a, I had a Volvo with a spare tire sitting on the side of the freeway and I don't even remember what it, but it was like, if I remember right, it was like some clothes in the trunk and I would never consent to a search ever again. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it they're always going to say, we're going to bring a drug dog. Okay. Do what you got to do. I, you, that's what you think you need to do. Go for it. But I'm not going to consent for you to search my car because this Colby Altman thing's going to cost him money. Yeah, absolutely. It, it could potentially cost him his job. 
The the Cleveland Cavaliers said we hold our team members um, to a high standard of conduct and expect leaders at every level of the organization to represent the Cavs with integrity, professionalism, and accountability. Yeah. Kobe Altman's 41 years old. You think this dude's going to pay some price for this? He is. Yeah. He's never getting away from it. All right, let's get your thoughts on this. Uh, what do you guys think? Let's see. Um, Gumby says Shogram. Yes. Yes. Uh, Marcus says you're not supposed to take one. I would agree. Uh, Salty Drunk says great to talk a little NBA, guys. Much appreciated. Dude, I, trust I, us when we say it's much appreciated, too. I love talking about to. it, man. Uh, Gumby says no field sobriety test, free ride to jail. But they can arrest you. There's a misconception here. Is it a law that you have to take a field sobriety test? It's not. So if you say, I'm not going to take that test, it's not like refusing a breath test or a blood test. They cannot arrest you for that. Now, are they going to go further if you refuse to take a field sobriety test? They are. It's all subjective. It's all opinion. It's all what the cop says he observes. I would not take a field sobriety test. Uh, Marcus Emmerich, they are subjective. They are. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mad love to Spinal G-Off. What happened to Spinal G-Off? Spinal. Oh, you mean for Otani's elbow surgery. Yeah. Did guys see, broken. Did you see Shohei Otani? You might have noticed it on the ticker this morning. Oh, what a loser. Shohei Otani had repaired. So his ulnar collateral, collateral ligament, it's the ligament in your elbow that allows you to throw baseball, basically. He was supposedly going to have Tommy John surgery. Right. He did not. He had repair surgery. They reinforced it. When I say they reinforced it, did you happen to notice who did that surgery? Who the f*** is that guy? The L.A. Dodgers surgeon. Oh. Oh. Man, what a the, coincidence. The Dodgers team physician. Wow. Head team physician, Dr. Neil uh, Elatrosh, who, by the way, also was the guy that did Aaron Rodgers' Achilles. Mm. Just so happens he did uh, Shohei Otani's elbow, and where does everybody think Otani's going to play next year? Mike Smith, never take a field sobriety test. Almost all lawyers will tell you that all plead the fifth and do uh, not answer questions. You ask for a breathalyzer test. Mike Smith says field sobriety tests can be interpreted differently by different cops. All subjective. Gumby says, wait, Monty's not a lawyer? Not a lawyer. Nope. OG Gary, field sobriety tests are gotchas. They are. They are. Uh, salty, so outdated. We're in 2023, just a breath test and a blood test. Surely you would think if you, I'm a big believer that when your son is about to start driving, I'd really, your son or daughter or your child, have them talk to a DUI attorney. I'm a big believer in it. I've, I've had so many people that I know have been like, man, I wish I'd have told my kid this, teach your kids about driving and not driving 10 and two, bro. This is a three-point turn. Here's how you... I'm talking about, hey, when you get pulled over, put your hands on the steering wheel. Hey, when you get pulled over and the cops ask to search your car, you say no. Teach your kids how to interact with law enforcement. Yeah. Talk to them. Have on. This is no different than, hey, hey, son, we got to wear condoms. This is no different. It is life I think and I've hit it every time. It's life and death, man. Talk to your kids about this stuff. 
Gumby, did Monty get pulled over again? I did not. I just saw this story on Cavs president Kobe Altman getting pulled over. Yeah. And failing a sobriety test miserably. Uh, Any, you could fail those things if you have a lack of sleep. That's why some states want to take it away for breathalyzers. Yes. Yes, I agree. All right, real quick, because then we do have to go. Would you take Kim Kardashian? Here we go. Here we go. Kim K is back in the media circle. Would you date Kim Kardashian? Kim, listen, she's had an interesting ride of boyfriends right since the um yeezy days ended (laughs) she freely admits now that pete davidson was just an effort to piss off ye right she's basically said hey that was a rebound (laughs) and i did it to piss off ye but she's rumored to be dating Odell Beckham Jr. He who lost a fight with a kicking net. <laughs> Kim K and OBJ to the Kim K. Kim and- K and OBJ. It rhymes and it works and it's a lot of three-letter stuff. We get it. Would you date There's Kim synergy. Kardashian? Are you excited, Jake? If Kim Kardashian said, "Dude, I need me some of that Jakey two holes." No. You wouldn't do it. No, hell no, dude. You know what's been there, dude. But this is my point. You know if you're Odell Beckham Jr., bro. But if you're Odell Beckham Jr., you know you know Pete Davidson is shopped at that store. Gotta get stroked. You know that Yee is shopped at that store. You know that Ray J and her made a whole tape while shopping at that store. Uh, A lot. So why would you, if you're Odell Beckham Jr., why are you interested? It's a philosophical difference, dude. Some dudes don't care. Some dudes are oh, like... Oh, no, 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 no. Let's get this no, straight. I, well, his actions right now. differently, dude. Right his now. Act, everybody on that list. Hey, Travis Kelsey with Taylor Swift. You don't care. Okay. OBJ Very with, similar. with Kim K does not care. And because that's the only assumption I can that I can come up with. Because if he did care, you wouldn't be dating her. Somebody needs to explain this. I believe that guys care. Mm. I believe that guys care. Now, with Kim K, I believe she has the kitty groomed regularly. He has our full respect. She does. But she's just, uh, guys. Guys, 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 guys. I mean, are, 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 honest to God, you are you telling me that it's dissimilar to this right here? Um, Like, there's, um, there's Kim um, K's. Yeah, what was that product called? The the the, what was it called? Abriva. 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 That's Kim K's. You know, you walk into Kim K's boyfriend house. Tell me that's not what that sink looks like. This is a code ten of right. If you knew that she dated Ye and he bought the house across the street, hell no. You want to? No, I don't. If you saw the Ray J tape, would you? No, I guess not. <laughs> you wouldn't. Yet Odell Beckham Jr. is like, sign me up, dude. I don't give a baby's fuck. Sign me up. I don't know how dudes... Is it... Okay, what's more What's what's more important? Saying that you've been with Kim K or saying that you chose not to be with Kim K? Because that's the debate. 
right? You can't, if guys Dude. care about history, guys also care about the vanity of it. I can't do it. I, uh, Pete Davidson alone, like, I, I can't, I can't do it. Ray J, the tape, and she was a different Kim K during the Ray J days. Like, she was Kim Kardashian. She was, dude. She, was she was a smoke show. Well, she still is a smoke show. No, no, she's not. No, no. She, when, what do you mean by dude, that? she's an attractive woman, dude. Come on. I don't know her personally. I'm just saying. She's not difficult to look at. There's Kim K and Ray J. That's the Kim K that I think America Dude, fell Dude, he looks in love like with. a killer in that photo, too. But she's been with Nick Lachey. She's been with Nick Cannon. Nick. She. Bro, she's been with Nick Cannon. <laughs> Who hasn't been with Nick Cannon? She's, she's been with Reggie Bush. The Bush push. She's been with Miles Austin. Who the hell is Shango Dean? <laughs> Nice name, dude. <laughs> yeah, she's been with Gabriel Aubrey. She, you got Wait, Gabe. I'm still, dude, I'm still hung up on Shango Dean. <laughs> she's been with Chris oh, Humphreys. Chris Humphreys. Kanye West, Pete Davidson. Dude, come on, bro. At some point, maybe not fleas, but she's got to have ticks. Dude. Right? I, like, there's, you can't just, Odell Beckham's just like, ah. It is what it is. Aren't you? Listen, the water's hot, but it's not going to melt my skin. Ooh. Right? That's what you're you're deciding how much of the pain train you want to take. Biologics. Right? Yet that's. I'm not. No, the answer's. Yeah, the answer's I, I, no. I can't get. I can't, dude. I the can't. An, she's been with Nick Cannon. Yeah. For crying out loud, she's been with Nick Cannon. Ah. Now, what does that tell me that she's been with Nick Cannon? She's got great birth control methods. Clearly. Because Nick Cannon's got like 37 kids by 54 women. Those numbers might be inaccurate. But my Exactly. My point is, she's been with Nick Cannon. Yeah. And, and I'm not even shaming women. Dude, it, the, the double standard is amazing. Oh, bro. 31 different women? Wow. What a king. And guys are, yeah, you're a stud. Guys are judged differently. I totally get that. But I do think it matters. I do think it matters. Not, I want to be clear on this because I, I don't want to go to, I don't want this to be misconstrued. I'm not saying Kim K is a bad person. I, not I'm at not all. Saying, I'm not, I, I'm not having the conversation from that standpoint. What, but what how I'm, different is that listen, Kim K to this Kim K? No, but hear me out. It's very different. What I'm Come saying on. is that, what I'm saying is that if you're OBJ or anybody on that type of level of, of celebrity, you have options. You have choices. And so what's incredible to me is that every guy, literally every person that's been with Kim K has had a bad experience, has Can't ultimately flamed out in that relationship. Tyler, stop. T-Swift is better than Kim. Bro? Here we go. Here comes the alien Taylor Swift reference. I can't even say it with a straight face. I'm telling you, and we've had this discussion at length on this show. I am not a T Swift fan. You think that Kim K's been with the yeah, roster? Taylor of Swift has a list, dog. Okay, Kim K's been with Nick Cannon. Taylor Swift has been with John Mayer 
and Harry Styles, who's run through um, chicks like it's a marathon. Yeah. Joe Jonas, Calvin Harris, Lucas Till. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jarhead. Guy, you, you, no. No. Uh, a lot. No. 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 And I admit Lucas Till was many years ago. No, no, but come no. on. Taylor Lautner. Uh, come on, you guys. John Mayer. My God. Who is. At which. Who is he not sampled? Discock. Are you. Discock. Like, do you guys understand how many. Kim K. I. I I don't even know how to say it out loud because Nick Cannon scares the hell out of me. Yeah, dude. I, I ain't about that life, dude. Nah. This is like Dollar General or Walmart. There is no good answer. <laughs> like, I mean, there's just not. Here I am. There's not. But I, what about the money, dude? That's the other side of it. Kim K is loaded. But you'll make more money off of dating Taylor Swift than you will Kim Kardashian. Yeah, you will. Right? And Taylor Swift's carrying the whole economy, remember? Yeah, I yeah, I, I'm not. No, no, no. Uh, salty drunk. Monty, did you get clearance from the suits to talk about this topic? Yeah, you know, could hear about it. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's just a running joke, like, because we don't have yeah, upper we management. We don't have suits to report to. I cleared to. it with Jake. He's, you know. Yeah, yeah. We, don't, know. we don't have suits to report to. I don't know about the... It, who cares about the race of the guys she's Yeah, that's with? not the point, dude. I don't care that's about that. That's not the point. Kim Kardashian likes athletes. The Kardashians yeah. like athletes. But who doesn't like athletes? It's not the point. It's not about athletes or white dude, black dude. It's not about any of that. What it's about is, and this is my point, dude, it's about the fact that no matter how long your list is, you you have you have a bunch of folks that you've dated. Nah, bro. And they flamed out, including a marriage which ended in an ugly divorce with Kim K. So my point is, yeah, sure. A lot of people have <laughs> shopped at that store. Absolutely. Gumby, poor Kim got more biologics than the lab in Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Like, where comes biologics. Who comes up with this stuff? Human or non-human? Oh my god. No, I would not date Kim Kardashian. No, I'm good, dude. Nope. Do we talk about the sphere, or what? should we just save the sphere for tomorrow? No, we should probably go. Right, we right. should go. We we'll talk about the Las Vegas sphere tomorrow. You guys, amazing. The Monty Show, as always, presented by our good friends at Bucked Up Energy. Get the variety pack right now at buckedup.com. It's got mango tango in it. Get yourself some buckshot. It'll change your life. I'm telling you, use the promo code Monty20. To get 20% off your purchase at buckedup.com. Thanks for being here, you guys. We could not do this show without you. Please give us a like. How many likes did we get today? 5,000 views, 167 likes. If you have not hit the like button, do that. Have a great day. We will see you tomorrow. Back Until at the normal time. Don't freak out about one morning show and a blue moon. Until tomorrow, see. Goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.